everybody. We are back. Ah, people, I appreciate you, yo. We rocking, we rocking. The shoulders start getting the moving. Gotta get the shoulders moving. Gotta get the shoulders moving. It helps <laughs> blood. It helps the blood circulate healthily. <laughs> you know, there you go. There, there you go. He's ready to party. He got ready to look in his eyes. So I like it. So, <laughs> so everybody, welcome back to another episode of More Than the Title. I'm your host, as usual, Jared Thomas, Chief Revenue Officer at Outside the Box Digital. I'm also joined by my co-host, my brother, my cousin, my family, my geyser, your favorite CEO's favorite CEO. Chadio, aka Pastel Chad. What's good, baby? We in the building. You know the motto. If it ain't bright, it just ain't right. Black Thanks. is so boring. And, and show them the merch. Show them the merch. Show them oh, the merch. You know, on top you know of what to say. Hold on. Bet on yourself all the time. Bet on oh, let, let me lower it down, right? You see the bet on yourself, T. Let me up. Oh, there you go. Bet on yourself. There you go. Bet so if you want you want the bet, bet on yourself merchandise, you can we go to otbdigital.com. We're plugging everything, we're selling everything, everything's for sale. So if you like us as content creators, help us out. All right, show some love. And shout out to all the supporters, yes, the day ones, the listeners. We are on season four now. We're growing and glowing every week because y'all. So we are so grateful for the love for the and charting and charting and charting in the business category. Thank so you. shout out to us, shout out to y'all. Shout we out to appreciate everybody. y'all. We appreciate we rock it. y'all. We rock it. And also shout out to our exclusive distribution partners, the Live Podcast Network. Yes. So if you want exclusive black content similar to this, please go download the app and show your favorite creators some love. But this one, we're going to have some fun today. We got a special, special, special guest. So it, uh, before I even right. give you an intro, yeah, yeah. I, I want to preface how we met. Okay. So we, oh, okay. we met about a month ago, right? So I'm going to shout out to my brother, Dr. Marcus Collins. Mm-hmm. It was so, I forgot what it was I said. And then me and Pee I started just getting in the conversation. I'm like, all right, who are you? And I started looking. I'm like, damn. Yeah, number food pictures. I'm like, damn, yo, you got to be a, you got to <laughs> be a. Wait, wait, hold on. She's a foodie? Big foodie. Oh, uh, we might have to be best friends after this because, you know, you know, I'm skinny fat dude. I love to eat. That's one of my favorite <laughs> Wait, pastimes. Did you tell me you were like a health and fitness person? I, it, there's a lot of salad. I eat a lot of salad. And with everything. Lot, with everything. everything. No, seriously. With everything. I, I, I like a good salad. No, listen. It's like Frank's Red Hot. Any, anything I order, you, you got, a, you got a, a salad? They be like, you want a Caesar? I said, no, I want a house salad. Give me lettuce, tomatoes. and No, don't give me no damn <laughs> lettuce and cheese. <laughs> What's up with that? You don't know what to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we started, I looked at a profile. Yeah. Okay. And then I just jumped in the DM like, hey, man, we, we started, started right. you know, engaging with each other. Right. And then I went into a background. I'm like, oh, nah, you're so dope. And you know, you're so humble about it. Right. But let me let me just preface it for all the listeners. So, right. so as Associate Director of Brand and Original Content Marketing, ESPN, she led a stellar team of developing beautiful, impactful promotional strategies, the Emmy, Oscar, Peabody Award-winning brands wow. such as 30 for 30, E60, ESPN Films, ESPN Plus Originals, uh, what else? We had the SB Awards, SC Featured. And with over 10 years of experience in the media entertainment industry, she has a proven record of delivering innovative and effective campaigns that increase brand strength. So I want to introduce our Hold on, give it a horn. Wait, give it a horn first. Give, give it a horn. Get ready for horns. Oh, School is in session. School is in session. We about to get crazy. <laughs> So we're going to introduce our special, special guest, Miss Patricia Yanas. What's up? Yes. Welcome to the show. Welcome Yo, can to I get the that, show. Like, intro is like an audio clip, and anywhere I go, I can like have you hype me Absolutely. up. Absolutely, already, already, <laughs> already clipped. Already okay. clipped up. Already clipped up. Where do we get the AI popping? Where do we do get the AI voice popping? <laughs> <laughs> You're a double queen. Welcome to the show. Welcome, Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. And yes, so for- that is how we met. So DMs. first of all, I want to just jump in, just so you know, right? Um, I yeah. was looking at your background. I see the Adidas in the background. Oh, those yeah. are, those look like a size nine. No, look nine, like the nine. Pat Ewings too. They, they look. First no, of no, all, no, we no, just made sure to grab my sneakers. Huh? 
<laughs> no, I, you know, just sizing them up, just sizing them up, you know. <laughs> so now that you got a very interesting background going on back there, I see the last dance, yeah. uh, which I enjoyed thoroughly. So all of those um, items in your background, from the pictures to the sneakers and stuff, are those? Can I assume that those are all active campaigns that you worked on? Yes, all worked on, not active anymore. Okay. Okay. Uh, but yeah, Last Dance was my first baby um, okay. at ESPN. So I moved from a few different roles within the Walt Disney Company. I was in distribution sales. I went into different roles and with marketing, all within distribution. And moving into consumer marketing was my last hurrah. So for anyone who doesn't know, the Walt Disney Company owns a majority part of ESPN. And that's yeah. why it's all the same family. Yeah. So I got hired, I think, in November of 2019. And then the pandemic shut everything down in March. So to be fair, a lot of the marketing groundwork had been laid before I joined the team. Right. Um, and then we had a plan, huge media plan, monthly, weekly meetings, kind of like updating status about how we were going to do things, where we were going to hit. The film was supposed to premiere later that summer around final season. The world stopped. LeBron asked for the film to get moved up as well as everyone else on the planet because there was nothing else to watch after Tiger King and who knows what else we were watching. Yeah. We had to throw away the marketing plan start all over again for a premiere in April and it was I was telling Jared off camera you know this was a lot of late late nights or early mornings I can't even tell working with a production house on the west coast waiting for files to get delivered cuts of the film getting sent to us and re-watching um, at some point I probably could have quoted parts of episodes if you can imagine watching rough cuts of what is now 10 hours of film but was longer at the time we didn't know how to work remote. You know, everyone was kind of like figuring it out. We figured it out and it was it was amazing. And then we had like another stretch of like three more films that dropped because people were still not, were still not in production. So we had Lance, we had Be Water. Um, and I think we had Oscar Pistorius. If I'm wow. Mistaken. Wow. Oh my goodness. Wow. But, but what, first, there's a lot of moving pieces when you're creating something like Last Dance and that being your baby and it being the greatest athlete of all time. Like what yeah. was your, what was your mindset going into it? Argue, how are you hold, on, judge? hold on, hold on, arguably. Argue, all right. Ar arguably. Let's mute his mic. Why, is he a Kobe fan? <laughs> arguably, <laughs> arguably. <laughs> you got, listen, I understand being a fan. I'm a fan of Mike too, but it's arguably. You, you got a lot of intelligent, intelligent, yeah, yeah. You got a lot of intelligent arguments that you can, you can, you know, have against that. So arguably. But respect, right? Like I'm a Knicks fan, right. 90s Knicks. This was uh, hard to work uh, on. Uh, mute, okay, it was really mute, hard okay, to work. Hold on, hold on. Do me a favor. Mute her mic. We're from New York, and we ain't. We from New York, and we ain't Knicks fans. Look, look, look. Uh, look, 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 look. I'm not. I'm not a Knicks fan. Let him know, P.Y. He should be a New York Knicks fan. I remember the layup. I remember all that's, that's that's like me. That's like me being a Jets fan. You got to be kidding me. All right, I'm definitely. I'm about to kick him off the damn chair. I'm about to kick him off the damn chair. You know what, guys? This was fun. Nick, Nick. Last time Knicks won one, I don't even think I was conceived yet. So, are you a Fairweather fan? Is that what you're telling me? Fairweather. Listen, I'm an LA fan. Oh. LA, LA, baby, LA. I'm being honest with you. I'm a Laker fan, and since I played football and everything like that, when I came up in the in the '80s, I'm a big Joe Montana fan of the old San Francisco 49ers. Okay. And I'm a, so I'm a big 49er fan. I, that those are my teams. Like, and I didn't even realize subconsciously that I became a California team based guy. Hey, but listen, I go, go Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and listen, and if I have to, if, if I have to. 
if I have to, I'm definitely a Yankees fan. I, if I got to watch gotta baseball, be, I'll be. watch the Yankees. You know what I mean? Um, but I'm just being honest with you. Like, I'm, I'm not a big baseball fan. It's just too boring. For, it's, it's, I, I like adrenaline. They the rules. It's a, it's a little faster It's boring. <laughs> I'd rather watch hockey and watch somebody get slammed up Hockey's into the dope. wall or something. That's what I'm trying to do. Thank you. Thank you. You've been to, you've been to a hockey thank game you. before? Like, you know. Yes. That that's is what I'm, a once-a-lifetime right? Thank you. Not only is the game dope, but the energy from the people yes. sitting around. Okay, thank you. We're yes. on the same page now. That is now 100% page. I would watch live any right. day. Thank you. I, Baseball, I, sometimes I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I'll be in the, in the seats <laughs> nodding. I ain't going <laughs> to. It gets a little boring. Yeah, it definitely is, man. You know. But, but, but what's up? I do want to. I'm going to get into yeah, all of this. We're going to have to have a lot of fun. I do yeah. want to yeah. know. But for you, for the, the last dance, right? Mm-hmm. It's MJ. You're going into this. It's yeah. a pandemic. It's a lot of moving pieces. Like, what was your mindset going into it? And how were your judge on the success of a project like Last Dance? Like, is there KPIs attached to it? Yes. Well, I would say yes and no. So we had KPIs okay. going into, right, okay. with one rollout strategy before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Once the pandemic happened, it was really more like, how do we serve the fan? First and foremost. Obviously, we were thinking about the fan before that, but there was an especial need for ESPN to show up as a brand to their fans in this moment. There were no live games. It was hardly any original content to watch. And we were, not we, not me, I should say, but the production team was working on building something that we knew from the jump was gonna be iconic. But now, especially in this moment of need, it was like, how do we serve the fans? So there was talk about like, do we move it up? Um, Or do we keep the original date? Or how much do we move it up? And there was a little bit of like building the ship while we were sailing it, to be perfectly honest with you, because of the timing. but everyone basically like doubled down. And the KPI was basically like getting to watch Twitter at the time when Twitter was still what yeah. it was. And, and literally see the reaction of people saying like, thank you ESPN, because it mm. gave people things to talk about. People were watching together. It was like people my generation and older now sitting with their kids, like explaining who MJ was, because you, you gotta remember too, there was a yeah. point in time where MJ was not considered a goat by anyone right he became the crying meme he was like dad jean wearing guy he was looking washed right like people kind of forgot all of his accomplishments and his greatness as an athlete this film was a catalyst in a lot of ways for a reminder of who he was and bringing him back into the conversations where he rightfully belonged and and that was a true measure of success for us was really serving the fan the crying, the crying meme is a classic. Bro. I'm just, I'm just, but, he got, have you got the way the, it was used. Listen, he got he got the rings, he got the rings and the, and, and all the accolades. But the crying meme is a classic. It's a classic. Yeah. It'll it always is, be used. I'm, I, it always it has to go down in the Hall of Fame as, as, one, as, as one of the, the highest you. the highest it's memes looking. used. <laughs> So, it was even no, I should say there yeah, was even some yeah. anecdotal things we saw on social media where people like right. apologizing for using it like after right. seeing his story and being like yo right. my bad we, like, we you are the man. Yeah. yeah so what, right. what, what was there what was your favorite moment in that in that documentary because you said you just watched like hundreds of hours of rough clips what was the one moment that or, or one lesson you took out of it that was like oh well he's really dope I mean, the, the number of people they interviewed, like that sat down to interview, that the right. range of that, right? Just to yeah. show you the impact of someone like Michael Jordan. So you're talking about sneaker culture, of course, like politics. We need like Barack Obama sit down for an interview. And again, I was not part of film production 
but the team prior to my joining had dropped, had cut a trailer. I'll send you a link after if you haven't seen it. That was just instrumental. And it had this moment of like the beat drop. And when the beat dropped, it was when Obama was sitting, literally just going to sit in the chair. And I had chills. And I was like, I am so glad I get to be a part of this project because that literally not, nothing was said in the trailer. Absolutely nothing. Right. But the cutting of the interviewee sitting down to the music and the places that they put certain people and drops in the music, I was like, this is art. Mm. So did, did it make you cry? Not gave me chills. Okay, because if you did cry, you'd have had this face. <laughs> Walked right into that. <laughs> You're so disrespectful. He's ready to pause. I'm sitting wondering why he's crying. Couldn't let you get away from me. You know what's interesting now? I'm gonna make it real sad now. Right, right. So November 19, you remember in February 2020, we lost yeah. Kobe. Yeah, and so yeah, MJ was at yeah. the funeral. He talked about the crime. He was like, "Oh, you guys gonna get me crying again?" That was right. something else we had to think about because we had the team had interviewed Kobe before wow. he passed away, and wow. there was discussion around how do we treat not just Kobe in the film, but like do we use Kobe as a mechanism to promote the film, right? And like ethically, mm. there's that's there's a, a that's fine a hard line, choice. right? Yeah, it that's is a hard because choice. like yeah. normally, I mean, had he not passed, it'd been like. Easy. Of course, we're using yeah. Kobe. Yep, yep. But now it had been three months. Um, there had been some discussion around, you know, like, is it is it necessary to promote? I forgot what episode he's in. Let's say it's episode six. Is it necessary mm -hmm. to promote, like, the third night? Is it is it gratuitous? Is it, are we able to do it in a way where it honors him? But we did want to signal to people, like, hey, like, this is the Kobe episode. And there was a moment where, like, even after his passing, because it was so traumatic. And then we were in this traumatic moment collectively as a, as a globe where yeah. I think people wanted to be able to hear from him. Right. This was like one of his last interviews probably. Yeah. So we made a decision to cut it, to see what it looked like um, and edit it in a way that was more like, uh, I think it was a scene of him passing Michael Jordan in the locker room after a game. And they just kind of like gave each other a pound and we're like, that's mm. all we need. There's like yeah. a moment of like respect. Yeah. And it wasn't about like all about Kobe. We just kind of had like a moment yeah. where we could signal it, but do so in a respectful way. That's a yeah. great point though. No, I mean, you know, shout out. And, and I want to bring this up because this is very, very important, right? There's a big difference between putting out something that you know monetarily is going to do um, beneficial things for the company and taking the time to be ethically correct. Okay, yep. this is a this is a major issue now with the black and brown community yep. with a lot of these companies that they're already super successful, but they're not taking the time out to be ethically correct. Right. You guys taking the time out to think about not only the impact to his family, first and foremost, yeah, but the millions and millions of fans that adore and respect this man and what he meant to the black and brown culture is is that that itself. You understand what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. you could have just been like, yo, we're going to use it. We got the interview. It's already cleared and we're going to use it. Right. And it, but, and it would have been expected. And, and it would have been expected. But right. to take yeah. the time to do it tastefully, tastefully, yeah. the way you guys did it, uh, we got to give you, a, you know, I, I want to give you a round of applause yeah. for that. Yeah. Because a lot of times I, I say we have to get back to what's called the human effect. Mm. And a lot of these big corporations lose that. We have to get back to what's called the human effect. Yeah, it doesn't seem surreal because it's not you. It's not your family. And a lot of times I think we forget about that when we think about um, capitalism and, and making money. We forget about 
the things that we do affect people's families and people's oh, lives in, in real yeah. time, in real time, right? So, you know, shout out and kudos to you guys for actually taking the time uh, uh, to do that. They did the same thing in, in Fast and the Furious, if, if, you, if you remember, with Paul Walker. With Paul yeah. Walker yes. right? They was up against the same exact situation where he's in the movie, he passed away before the finishing of the movie, we mm -hmm. wanna add him in the movie, but how do we do it tastefully? Right. Even they Black did. Panther, right? Yeah. Yes. Like you had a moment, Panther. you, you, you have to Panther. acknowledge, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, kudos to you guys because, you know, heavy is the head that wears the crown. I always, I don't, there is no excuse. Here's the thing. There's no excuse. When these labels and stuff, they put out these ads and then you want to backtrack and say you're sorry. You're not fucking sorry. You're not sorry. Mm. That, and I'm glad you said what you said because you're an example of, 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 of people being honest and forefront saying, listen, do you know how many steps this film goes through? approval process do you know how many oh, different yeah. people's eyes are on this film <laughs> yeah. so don't think that one person dropped the ball and nobody else seen this shit 15 other people seen this and it still got okayed up the ladder that should tell you something about the company you're working for in general you hey, understand it'll, it'll tell you who, yeah. yeah times the problem is even if it's 15 layers yeah who are those, who are those layers? Who are, yeah, are right. there, you know, do they come from different backgrounds? Do they represent, you know, the, the population that you're serving? It, right. There's not a diversity of thought. There's not diversity within race and culture for people to say like, wait a minute, that's not cool. Or right. for us, this means this. And like, we see it this way. You have to have those other lenses. And that was something we took a lot of time. We have a, um, a committee within ESPN called the Inclusive Content Committee, the ICC. Okay. Which is a built of, I was a member at the time. I've never heard of that, just so you know. So this is interesting to me. Yeah, um, yeah. that would, we would get sent anything. So I, I don't remember how big the group is at this point. I want to say at least 30 people who volunteer their time, their employees that have different perspectives, whether you're part of the LGBTQ plus community, whether you're Latino, whether you're black, whether you're white, whether you're Jewish, whatever your perspective is, right. you're asked to come to the table and bring your perspective. You don't have to justify it. You just have to look at it through your lens and offer feedback. And so writers, um, film producers, segment producers would send us content to review and they mm. could take or leave our feedback. A lot of times our feedback would conflict, but it was such an awesome experience to be right. a part of it. I mean, it really opened my eyes to things that I hadn't really considered before. Um, like the C word in the black and African-American community, I didn't realize was such a triggering word. And I say that yeah. I'm not afraid to be ignorant and be educated. Right. And yeah. so we were talking about in an article where some, um, an athlete at the time was being like cyber bullied to put it lightly. Okay. And the N word was being used and the C word was being used. Like in the article, do you hyphenate both words? Is it gratuitous to keep using the words? Like, do they shorten the quotes that were, put yeah. in right. his feed, right. but we taught, we had a healthy conversation around it. And I, my point of view was, you know what, when you shorten what this person felt like they had the right to say to this other human being, it almost loses how disgusting it was. Yeah. And I think you need to make people feel uncomfortable because the more you make those conversations comfortable, the more it's okay. And I was like, but I say that also, not being someone who, so being someone who benefits from my privilege and doesn't understand how hurtful it can be to yeah. see those other words even hyphenated in print. So I said, like, that's my perspective. I think the goal is to make people uncomfortable that they shouldn't be okay using those words. Yeah. But if the community says 
no, this is too far. I fully respect that too. So it's just, it was just like a beautiful way to have conversations around how do we tell the story? How do we be on the right side of history? How do we say all these things that we need to say, but also being mindful of like, we don't need to drop these words, like sprinkling it throughout the, you know, the article to make it so impactful, but how do we do it in a way where people do get a little uneasy and hopefully stop some of the behavior. But that was, that was one of the coolest things that the ASPM was being part of that committee. That's, that's uh, listen, to that. you know, we that's 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 absolutely amazing. And I'm and I'm I'm not being funny at all. I didn't even think they did that. But mm-hmm. the, the, the issue is, though, like and you mentioned it, P, as um, how it conflicts. Right. So you're an inclusive content and now we have the approval people and we're telling you, yo, this doesn't fly in our culture. And then you're saying, well, I just feel like they're doing it. Sometimes it could be performative. And I'm pretty sure I, you... say, I haven't seen it. And I'm, I'm being okay. real honest with you. I haven't seen okay. it because I think if you take the time to send it, you don't have to send your stuff to the ICC. Got but it. if you take the time to do it, I think you're someone who cares about telling the story right. And I see we got a lot of stuff, um, mm. a lot of stuff. And there's been, I think, you know, just a desire to be better and just a, an acknowledgement that we don't always have their perspective, especially, you know, within the work I did. A lot of the stories we do, we did were promoting stories about humanity. Right. So like what you were saying before, um, you know, these are human beings and the yeah. stories that we tell and the way we market these things really impact them and their families. Right. Yes, they're, they're exactly. figures, but they're people at the end of the day. Right. And I didn't have the perspective on my team from someone who was like a professional former athlete or someone who was male or even part of the black community. So right. like I had to take the extra steps to always go through the ICC to make sure that I wasn't missing something, that I didn't have a blind spot because I just don't have that life experience and perspective. That's real. No, that's, hold on, you need to on. even acknowledge hold on, hold on. that. Hold on. Message. <laughs> you need to even acknowledge that. For real. So, no, you know, they've been doing it for years, right? Advertisers do it. A lot of companies do it. Essentially, what you guys did was uh, formulate a, a huge focus group, which, again, mm-hmm. I love it, right? The, the problem with it is, is, like I said, when you don't do something like that, if you, if you, Try to obtain knowledge about something that you don't have knowledge about. You ask a question. Then guess what? You get an answer. Now, whether you like the answer or not, but at least you got an answer, right? You got Mm -hmm. an answer. But it's when you don't even make the attempt to say, is this right? And you just be like, I don't care. I'm just, I'm going to do what I want to do. That in lies. You have to make people feel uncomfortable because when they feel comfortable, then they repeat their behavior, which is called learned behavior. And if, and if you accept it, even, even if you don't accept it, if you don't check them on it, and if you don't make mm-hmm. them feel uncomfortable, then they never feel like it's wrong. So why would they change something that they don't see as wrong? Nobody's going to do that. You're going to continue doing what you think is right because nobody's checked you on it. But the moment you pull somebody's coattail and say, let me tell you something, don't ever say that again. And well, hold on. Well, I didn't even, that's the point where you can mm-hmm. start the conversation and educate them and say, that shit ain't cool. That's not the cool. Prob- the problem is it, it depends where you are in your career. It depends where you are in that moment. There's a lot of barriers. I, I disagree. I disagree. No, I'm going to tell you I, my I agree. No, you, I'm in the rooms, bro. No, I'm, I'm just saying, you. though, you have to have your own moral fucking principles. Mm-hmm. I, listen, let me just get on this and you can say I, I what you want to say. Let me tell you something. I didn't quit fucking jobs. I didn't quit. I didn't quit jobs because I will not allow leadership to degrade my men, right? I'm a leader. I lead from the yes. front, not the back of the line. 
I leave, I'm here for the good and the bad. So if we mess up, I'll fall on the sword. But if we doing what we got to do, there's no way I'm going to let you disrespect my men, even if they're not yes. in the room. I've had situations where I've gotten paid and my guys haven't gotten paid. And they're like, oh, your check is good. Why are you worried? Because I'm a leader and I refuse to be a part of a system that does that. So it doesn't matter what part of your career you're in. It only matters the fortitude of your personal uh moral factor and say I'm not standing for this and it doesn't matter what has to happen until that happens more so across the board then we're always going to be stuck at where we are but what the difference is everybody's in different places of where they are you were in a privileged position to be like yo I can take that I can fall on the sword I might have a little nest egg or something like that but what about the person with three four kids that just got the job at the big company and is like, yo, I might have to shut the hell up in nah. order to progress my... It happens, Pete. Does it I'm not, not happen I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I'm saying does, that wasn't my position. But, mm -hmm. what's, your, what's your perspective? So I'll say, no, yeah, go ahead, Pete. I'll say two things. So I would say it's hard. Yeah. But I will say that, yes, there are definitely times in my career where I have closed my mouth because I was earlier in my career, I would say even I dress different, right? To assimilate, right? This curly hair and these hoops, they didn't come out till later in my career, you know? Yeah, facts. <laughs> um, it should not have been, but admittedly, you know, there was a delay in that. But I will say I have come to more of your position where I don't come to work to be disrespected. Exactly. My mother taught me that. Hold on, I gotta, I gotta give you the message. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm yeah. serious. I do not I'm come serious. to work to be disrespected. And right. I have had interactions with people that were titled higher than me and people, t my peers and people that were titled lower than me. And my position was always the same. I do not come to work to be disrespected. There is mutual respect and understanding for me from everyone. I'm always willing to talk about what happened. I make mistakes. I mess up. Right. So do you. We're all human beings. At the end of the day, we're trying to get food on the table for our families and right. we're trying to do dope shit here. So That's like it. let's work right. together to do it. Um, but I will say that it's definitely not always rewarded behavior, which is mm. what makes it hard for people. That's right? real. It, That's the real. It, it's, and I applaud you on that, right? So let me, let me just tell you, Jared, right? I remember, you know me, right? I worked yeah. my way up the ladder. Like Patricia said, I'm not privileged where I came in and was given a form and spot or given leadership. Right. I started out at the apprentice at the apprentice level, right? Learning under people. But even then, on, on a lot of jobs, if I come to work, I'm on time every day, and I bust my ass every day, you're not disrespecting me. For sure. Let, let's be clear, right? So, P, and, and, I, and me and Jared say this all the time, right? And you're going to hear a lot, and this is going to be the kickback from a lot of urban, urban, Males mm -hmm. that come from the black and brown community that come from poverty. We don't tolerate disrespect in the streets. It's no way that I left the streets doing ignorant shit to come and do the right thing. And I don't tolerate that out there. And I'm going to tolerate mm -hmm. it here. That's where you're going to have the most enormous kickback ever. You're like, I wouldn't let a person in the street talk to me like that. And you Correct. think that you're going to talk to me like that? <laughs> and just because you're sitting behind a desk? Like, do you, like, you understand? Because... It's the disconnect from the culture, right? Because you don't know how, how you think that you're saying something, how I'm receiving it. Mm. Because you're not taking the time to think about what you're saying and how I'm receiving it. Now, I, I have to tell you this, right? I come from a family um, that I didn't know at the time that's very military-based, right? So I didn't know that, right? So I guess I have instilled in me like a certain moral compass, right? 
And the older I get, I call myself like being more radicalized towards I, I will not allow the disrespect of my people. I'm going to say it again. Not me, but I will not allow the disrespect of my people in general. Right. So I don't buy Gucci no more and I don't buy all these brands no more. I don't buy Timberland no more. Once you come out and blatantly. Now, we all know racism exists and stuff like that exists behind the scenes. But once you come out and blatantly show disrespect to my community, you can't I, I can't never support you again hmm. ever. Because now, now you've now you've spit in my face, and then you think a little apology, a billion dollar company is gonna apologize for some shit that I know that a senior advisor looked at or a senior management, you know, advertising guy looked at and seen that and knew it was wrong and knew it was wrong and put it out anyway. Now I'm not I'm not buying that. But, but so, that's the same. But isn't that the same thing we're saying about somebody saying it? You may feel strong enough to not buy Gucci, but guess what? The Gucci no, line is still outside and I, the and door. And I understand that, but guess what? Mm -hmm. Let me tell you what the pandemic did. It did two things it did two things one thing p that you acknowledge you don't come to work to be disrespected right guess what the pandemic did it showed people that our value is a lot higher than these companies were letting us on and letting us believe to be you do you know how many black and brown millionaires were made from the pandemic did you not you, you understand what i'm saying it, it's huge it, it's like it's mm -hmm. like one of the biggest millionaire booms in history Right. For people creating their own businesses. Right. And, and putting right belief in their self to say, I know I work for you and I do this and I'm making you all this money. So why can't I do it for myself? And it forced them to do that. That's number one. Number two is what it, it, what it did is it started making people take ownership. It started making mm -hmm. people take ownership and saying, yeah. why am I supporting you right now? We're talking about support. Right. Why am I supporting brands that's not supporting my community? Because we have a duty to the people. Patricia, you're able to sit there as, as, forget ethnicity. We're talking about just women rights in general. Remember back in the day what women's rights were, right? Women were the last ones to get rights in the, in the scale of how rights were handed down, right? And they're so, slipping. That, thank you. Thank you. So now you understand where I'm going with this, right? Mm -hmm. Think about the sacrifices of people that came before you that they had to fall on that sword and they didn't get even a quarter, an eighth of the reward that somebody else got generations later, right? We are only able to sit here today in the capacity that we're sitting here today uh, due to the fact of what our ancestors did and they sacrificed what, mm -hmm. you know, their, for their beliefs, feeling like what I'm going to do is going to affect generations later on down the line. So I, with that in my, in, my, in my soul, I have to be a certain way. Mm. I have to be a certain way and I have to understand that the sacrifices that I make right now might not I might not benefit from it in my lifetime, but other people and, and people are going to benefit from it in future lifetimes. That technically is what generational wealth building is, Jared. We're doing all of this right now to do what? What are you doing this for, Jared? Yeah, for generational wealth. Thank but, you for but, your sons and, and the family that comes and your family that comes behind it. As me, as strong as me, you stand on that. Not everybody's gonna stand on that. I, but, no, 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 no. I'm not saying not everybody's gonna say, stand on. No, that. I'm not saying they are. But what I'm saying is, if enough of us have at least this conversation, do you know what that does? Mm -hmm. It opens the door for future conversations, and That's it's within all. those conversations that you start educating people. And once That's you start educating people, if you know better, normally you do better. That's a fact, though. And speaking of educating people, Pete, I want to know about like your upbringing in the in, like. How did you get started in your career? How did you get in here? Like, and tell us about your, you know, where you grew up. You're from New York City, I'm assuming, right? Queens. From Queens. Queens get the money. <laughs> Queens get the money. I'm gonna tell you something. 
we you better not we, say anything about no no i have to i have to i'm gonna give you i'm gonna give you one of the, the best compliments ever right bronx guys brooklyn guys everybody knows you want you a you want you a girlfriend you we, you, we stay in our boroughs you want you a wife you go to queens Queens has some of the most what? beautiful, domesticated. You know, it's the, the culture is different. I've never heard that. I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now because you know a lot of the urban communities, we projects and stuff. The girls are raised a little different. In Queens, it's more houses and the, the culture is different. <laughs> Why you think coming to America, he went to Queens? He didn't come, oh, he didn't come to the Bronx. Never about he didn't come to think about shit. it. He didn't come to the Bronx. He didn't go to Brooklyn. Where did he go? Where did well, Eddie Murphy go? Where did Eddie Murphy go? He went to Queens. We are not going to be disrespectful to the other women from the other boroughs. I'm not saying time. that. I'm not, I'm, it, it is I'm what it is. I'm my Queens girls here, but now I got to give you a clap to the Bronx, Listen. East Staten Island, Brooklyn, the city. Listen, <laughs> Queens got it. It is what it is. <laughs> yeah, I got it. It is what it is. We're like the United Nations, you know. We yeah, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. <laughs> The upbringing is, is just different. <laughs> so, 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 tell us about what, what is the upbringing so, yeah. in Queens? Uh, I'm from Queens. I'm from Woodside. Woodside. Um, Woodside. Woodside. Mm -hmm. yeah. I wouldn't grow up in the hood, but maybe like hood adjacents, perhaps. I like, I like how you put that. What did I just say? AKA, we didn't live in the projects. <laughs> what we adjacent? Lived, we lived across adjacent. the street from the projects. <laughs> So um, let me see, I, I went it. to public school right. my whole life. So I went to public school. My zone school for high school, though, wasn't optimal Okay. for okay. me, according to my parents. So I went to Cardoza High School out in Bayside, still in Queens. Okay. Mm. And so I was in like a dance program. I was in a law program. And I was like, I'm going to go to law school. And then yeah, I went to Bayside Queens. is a little further out, though. You know that. I took a long yeah. bus yeah. ride. Yeah. Bayside <laughs> is a little further out. You know that. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um. So I went to SUNY Binghamton for undergrad. I was a philosophy, politics, and law major. Mm -hmm. mm. I was doing internships at a corporate law firm in the city. So, I mean, I've been working since I was 15. So I've been like at nonprofits, like different legal things my whole life. Oh. I worked for the county, um, doing family law. I did a corporate law um, internship. And I also did a Latino justice. I also worked in their education division for a while. After all of those rotations and flavors of law, I found it fascinating, but I was like, I don't want to do this for my life. But I was almost done with my degree. Was, was so there was something like, that stood out that made you want it? Was there a moment that made you? There wasn't a moment. I just couldn't find like my spark. I don't know. Like I, nah. I don't know if you said that movie. Yeah, <laughs> so, you know. You're like looking for your spark. Nah. I, I was, I'm so fascinated by law and the ways that, you know, case laws like applied and like the creativity around sometimes not used for good but the creativity around like creating these structures and, and really thinking about the impact of like the lasting impact of decision that's made here for like something that comes later. Like that was really dope for me. Um, but I was like, did you want to be a no, lawyer as a kid? No, it was like high school, uh, high school. Gotcha. I used to go to school on Saturdays, like a yeah. special law class on Saturdays on my gotcha. own time to learn about constitutional law. That's how much I was into this thing. Wow. And then junior year of high um, college, rather, I was like, like when it came time to take like the LSAT, I don't know, maybe I got cold feet, but I had already done a lot of work in nonprofits. So I was like, I'm just going to stick with that. So I went back to Latino Justice and I was um, volunteering with them while I was looking for a full-time job. I ended up getting a job in Staten Island on the North Shore of Staten Island, which is more black, brown community. 
um, at a school, small Catholic school called Immaculate Conception School, unfortunately, is now a charter school. Immaculate Conception. Immaculate Conception School, Catholic Wait, School. That's the name of the school? Yeah. You heard, yeah, you never heard of it? There's Immac a lot of Immaculate Conception. Immaculate that's not, Conce they named like the Virgin Mary. Yeah, I, the, the Archdiocese. No, I, 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 I know what it is, but uh, to name a that's school? Not, that? That's not new. That's not that's not uh, like an odd name. Why? Yeah, to, to that's me, normal. I, I've never, I've, I've always heard of the Cardinal Hayes, Cardinal this, Cardinal no. that, and, you know. Immaculate I, Conception. Immaculate Sacred Hearts. I've, oh, I've heard of Sacred Heart, no, no. but I've never heard of Immaculate Conception. I'm, I, I, wow. Just to kick their ass. Stapleton, Shout right. out to Stapleton and Tarji Street. You, um, did you did you know that did you know that um, a lot of people that aspire to be in politics or aspire to eventually be like a senator or a president, their degrees is in constitutional law. That's one of the best degrees to get if you mm. want to be like in politics and maybe become a president is to study the constitution constitutional law degree. Did you know that? I did. Yeah. But maybe there's hope yeah. for me. Listen, why not? Listen, no, 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 no. PY 2028. Listen, you announced it. You announced it on MTAP first. Listen, we we heard it here first. You might get, you might have a running going. So but, I was um, uh, yeah. director of development. Technically, I was um, my job was basically like fundraising for the school. So they charged tuition, but most of the students at the time were either at or below the poverty line. That's where their families lived. So even paying tuition, which was very, very reasonable, was difficult. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I had to, the, the, the archdiocese would give out needs-based grants, but then there was no money for anything else. So if you think about regular family life, you know, if you do a field trip, mom and dad can give you like a little bit of money to go on the field trip. If you wanted to read books at home, there was money to buy some books and you had like a home library. None of these things were an option for the kids, even access to computers. Um, they got fed only if they came to school. So, so there were some real impact to the work I was doing there. And so I did, I wrote grants. And so I got funding for the library teacher salary. So they had time and access to books every week. Um, one of my most proud things, one of the things I'm most proud of is getting funding to replace the fence at the school. The hmm. fence was a chain link fence with barbed wire on the top. And I was like, these kids should not feel like they're going to prison every day. They should feel like they're coming to some haven. The inside of the school was beautiful, thanks to the art teacher. She painted these murals all over the hallway. Um, and I got like a traditional school, like black wrought iron fence before I left. And I was, I hope it's still there. I haven't, I haven't been by the school in a did, while. Did you say, did you proud of. chain link I can understand because they're very inexpensive, oh. very inexpensive and easy to put up. We put those up all the time. But you said barbed wire. Mm-hmm on a catholic school yeah i don't know why it was there you see this is what i'm saying you <laughs> yeah. see so now you understand like paint this so look paint, you're painting a picture for me i'm like i've never heard of this school name and yeah. they have chain link and barbed wire mm -hmm. on a catholic school like that's okay. stapleton for you yeah. <laughs> look 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 so so this is oh stapleton this is yeah. um staten island Yes. Makes sense now. Shout the Mephinim. That's the woo. Now now it's making sense. Oh, Stapleton. Mm -hmm. Yeah, now we understand yes. why you got the barbed wire. It's not to keep the kids from going out. It's to keep the barbed wire coming. Keep ghosting them out. <laughs> Listen, old dirty, you're not allowed. <laughs> this now he can come through. Oh, gee. 
Yeah. Okay. So yeah. from there, I went to work at another nonprofit called Hispanics and Philanthropy. And that was the other side of the table. So I wasn't okay. writing mm. the grants anymore. I was reviewing applications and we were serving Latino led, Latino serving nonprofits that were already serving the community. And I had Philly, the Metro DC area and Puerto Rico as my territories. Nice. So they were already doing dope work. Um, and a lot of the grants that are out there for nonprofits are, I always say for the sexy things, right? They want to be able to put their name on a building or, and those things are needed. So right. no shade there, but we always gave out capacity building grants. So it was like, how do we build the capacity of what you can already do because you're already doing great things. So that right. might be training your accountant on QuickBooks. So you're not doing everything manually now. And now you have more time and resources available to like serve the youth in the community or serve the elderly. Yeah. Um, so we would do like the non-sexy grants, but it would like build the capacity of these organizations to keep doing what they were doing. So I did that for a few years. Nice. And that is where I discovered that I loved marketing. Mm. Didn't even think about marketing. I was just going to go but on this profit but path. I was going to go to a foundation. I well, so have you ever worked nonprofits? Yeah, no. I, I've, I've worked for a, a nonprofit organization. Or a startup. Um, you know, there's sure. like too many jobs, not enough people, right? Yeah. So yeah. you have to wear yeah. multiple hats. We, we had one for the community. It was called the 163rd Street Improvement Council. And mm -hmm. it, it started off from, um, I believe, being, I'm sorry, that's my phone. Um, it started off with being a, a community-based program for underprivileged people that needed help in the community and like shelter programs and low-income housing. And it, and, it, and it grew from there. So I do understand the workings of it. It's a lot of work. Yes. A lot of work. So I was really managing a grant program, but right. our 25th anniversary was coming up. Our headquarters was in San Francisco. They had already had this huge 25th anniversary celebration out in San Francisco with our funders. And the president decided she wanted to have something similar in New York. Um, but there was no budget <laughs> and there was no, no staff. Right. And our New York office was a smaller. It was three of us in the New York office. Um, so I had to figure it out. I had to figure out how to get an invitation made. I had to figure out like a space to host. I had to figure out catering. I had to figure out who we're inviting. And uh, we had some honorees. And I would say that we gave Lin Manuel Miranda an award at the time before he was who he's become today. I think he was probably right. becoming at the time. Um, and, and in doing that, I was kind of like, hold on. Now we're building like a communication newsletter. I was updating the website. And, and I will always credit nonprofits to teaching me to be resourceful because there is no yeah. one there to tell you how, and yeah. you just got to figure it out. You got to have yeah. a little bit of grit and a little bit of curiosity, and then you're yeah. good. Yeah. So that's where I was yeah. like, you know what? All these extracurricular activities are actually inspiring me more, and it's a lot of hard work, but I like this. How do I do do this for a job, and then let someone else do grant making? Um, and that became the journey, which was not easy. I was like, oh, I need to get an MBA, so I did all these things to get into Baruch and I was studying and I was still applying to jobs. And then I got a job in sales at Disney and ESPN Did, did you go to Zicklin school? I got accepted. I got accepted. <laughs> I did. Yeah. That's, shout out to Baruch. So I got accepted to go to Baruch too. I was going to go to Zicklin school um, to finish off my MBA. And then I, and then I pivoted. <laughs> Side note, I also yeah, did not finish yeah. my MBA. Right. <laughs> so we in the same boat. Shout out to We're Baruch. In the, right, shout out to Baruch. Shout out for getting us started, Baruch. Yeah, yeah, shout out to Zicklin, Zicklin School of Business, Zicklin which School which again, again, right, just to, you know, shout out Baruch. It's a CUNY, and it's still rated one of the number one business yes. schools in the country. I'm going to say it again. It's a CUNY, which mm -hmm. means it's not private. It's not going to cost you $120,000 for education, and it's still rated one of the number one business schools in the country. Yeah, I got into you know Fordham, I mean? yep. and 
don't don't go to Fordham. See, <laughs> now, don't go to Fordham. Times more expensive. Right, like, Fordham. Fordham is private. You're gonna sell a kidney and maybe your left <laughs> leg. <laughs> Fordham is no joke. It's like eighteen thousand, yeah. twenty thousand a semester. It's ridiculous. Yeah, Fordham's yes. super expensive. Yeah. So I'm curious now. So, and you know, um, I was I, I like to read a lot, right? So they were mm -hmm. saying I read an article one time. Well, actually, I read a couple articles one time that said something like, "In your lifetime, you will actually change what you want to do three times." Right? Mm -hmm. They say like the adolescent brain envisions something. Well, this is most people, right? You have yeah. the select one percent that's like, "I'm going to be a boxer. This is all I'm doing. I'm going to be a singer. I'm going to be a rapper," and they don't have a plan B. And this right. is what you know. This is what they do. But they said the average human being uh, in your adolescence, right? all the way leading up to, let's call it high school, you'll have a vision of something you lock onto that what you want to do. As you start to start that process, maybe into college, um, depending on how your college uh, education and your experience goes, you'll change it again there, which is like your mm -hmm. late 20s. And then in your early 30s, they'll say you'll change again into the career that you'll kind of be in for the rest of your life, which makes mm -hmm. sense because then there's another study that says, and it's this is really high, it's like, I think it's above 80% of the people that get degrees in something actually don't work in the field that you got your degree in. Voila. Right? <laughs> right? Right? So, so that makes sense, right? So, you know. Yeah, I'm um, textbook according to that study. It looks like yeah. I have one more career <laughs> no, no, listen, me. listen, me and you too, my first degree <laughs> was in computers. My second degree is in uh, business and I'm doing a podcast. Well, it, it relates to business, but I pivoted <laughs> to do construction. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like, <laughs> I'm with you. Like we all over the place. Sales. Yeah, I, I don't. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't know. It. I'm going to the sales. I don't know, I man. Yeah. I have a question for you guys, and I think yeah, about this not... a lot. Do you yeah. think sometimes it's because, and I say this from my own experience, mm -hmm. we don't always have we as then people of color don't always have the examples within our communities or our families to know kind of like what's out there. And as you start yeah. going through life and going through college, you kind of like discover new things. Because, yeah. like, I didn't know that you can get paid yeah. to, like, I, I, advertising just wasn't, like, an option for me. You right. know, like, my parent, my dad was a, a jeweler for a while. You know, he had a coffee car when he first came to this country. He drove a taxi, like, growing up. Like, those were jobs, right? And right. my mom, uh, she did a lot of, like, sewing jobs when she first came here. And then she landed a job at the city of New York working in, like, the, the welfare office. And she just okay. worked there until she retired. So like my mom had an office job. My dad was more of like a collar worker. Entrepreneur. And then, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, like, so but becoming a lawyer even was like, yeah, like I was going to sure. go to law school, you know, like that was a huge thing. But the idea of being anything other than like, you know, doctor, lawyer, or like what my parents did or teacher, you know, yeah. like I didn't really know all these other flavors of type of work, even working yeah. within media or television, understanding how television was distributed and sold. Like I had to learn all of that stuff. It's why I didn't finish my MBA. Yeah. Because when I got that job, I was like, I'm like literally learning all day, like this industry and trying to figure out my job and like trying not to mess this up, this opportunity to work for the Walt Disney Company. I don't have any extra brain cells yeah. to like now do this other stuff at night. So yeah. I actually withdrew and with yeah. the attention to go back because the Walt Disney Company was willing to pay for those types of things at the time. Mm. Um, and I never went back because I kept changing jobs. Yeah. I kept like finding a new curiosity, new problem to solve, a new thing. I'm like, oh, they're doing some dope shit over there. Let me go try yeah. that. Yeah. Can, can That's I, how it was for me. Yeah. I ain't gonna lie yeah. to you. Yeah. Like for, for me, for me, PY, like I lucked into it. Like we didn't have, like you said, we're from the Bronx. 
We didn't have, I didn't have anybody that was in sales. I didn't have nobody that was in marketing. Like you said, my father worked two jobs for Wait, wait, time out, time out. You had somebody that was in sales. <laughs> Who? Yeah, I was in sales, shit. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're not going to talk about that you had, you had people that was in sales now. Don't you discount that. I was in sales. You had people that was in sales now. Don't you discount that. That's what I prefer. I was a pharmaceutical engineer. <laughs> you knew people in sales now. Don't you dare tell that lie on we don't, camera. We don't have that in Queens. Yeah, uh, <laughs> not not the part of Queens you was in. <laughs> I said it's Jack, Jack. Supreme team for a reason. Yeah. But yeah, right, saying. right, right. F- Fifty grew up on Southside. Southside out the Southside. Yeah. Well, real talk. Yeah, like, like real talk. Like, so my yeah. mom was two two jobs, twenty seven years. Mm-hmm. My mom was assistant principal. Right. Yeah. All of my family is straight. Luke Holly, all in the in in, in the yeah. system, and they work for the schools. Right. Me, I'm looking at that shit like, look, you're gonna work to sixty five years old. We're gonna retire, yeah. and then what does that look like for me? Yeah. Like, what does that literally look like? I'm be 65, I get to go to Florida, go to Miami, get big belly, and, and like, nah, that's not for me. So what I did was I was yeah. working in mortgage spots. I was smelling like ribs at BBQs. I was doing yeah. Starbucks. And then I lucked into a role. Some dude overheard me speaking, and I'm like, he's like, hey, are you interested in sales? I'm like, how much is it? He said 40000 a year. I said, sold. You ain't got to tell me shit else. You know what I'm saying? It's better than this. I'm smelling like ribs, bro. Stop playing with me. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, I mean, time out. We, we appreciated the Texas-sized drinks that you used to bring to us. Oh, and the dis- it was the real. And, the, and the discounts that we got on the bill. They used to call me numbers and dubs. I get a $20 tip and a number. I used That's to a fact. Name That's a fact. I kid you not. But like, That's a fact. When my son was born, I was like, yeah, I got I to yeah. quit. I got to stop this shit. So he put me in the on to the drink. I go to recruiting and I'm doing display and display, banner ads. So I knew mm-hmm. nothing about digital marketing. I'm like, okay, yeah. cool. So now I'm like, okay, you go to a website. This is why this ad, this is the cost of this ad. This is the algorithm behind it to show this ad. Then I started getting curious, like you said, like, damn, there's so many moving pieces to this stuff. Right. And there's a lot of money being made. And, and I just fell in love with commission checks. I was like, once I heard mm-hmm. the work, I mean, woo, just the commission <laughs> sending a four or yeah. 5,000 on the back end. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> I mean, fell in yeah. love with that shit immediately. But then, but, but then you realize not everybody's afforded those opportunities, right? Then you look at right. the industry as a whole. How do you get to the top of the ladder, right? I'm looking at all those things, and I didn't see anybody that looked like me. I had mm. no mentor. I had yeah. nobody. I was wearing baggy pants with Prada's braids down my back, yeah. and I lucked into some stuff. I lucked into con. I lucked into be a VP, and I had, to, I had to work my way there. But the problem is now, it's like, well, I was doing with the personal branding stuff, right? So I'm building a personal brand. I could get a job and all that else. I was working at Hoots. We got laid off. I was the top performer. Couldn't get a job three months after, and I got 20,000 followers. I'm doing 5 million impressions on LinkedIn. Why is that? So instead of me sitting there knocking down your door for that, we created our own opportunity. We created our own, and we said we're going to monetize ourselves. So, But there was no, and like you said with the, with the ESPN, we're, yeah. we're winging it. We're paving the road as we drive. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it, it's very difficult when you don't have that, but that's the reason for this show, right? To show people that like, you could be dope. You could wear your hat right. and hoodie. And you can make a million dollars. You could do this. You can interview people like Ty. You can interview Marcus Collins. You can interview like <laughs> yeah. real shit. And, and but you just, you just dropped the gym. You just dropped the gym, and you didn't even realize that too. Look, I did look, realize look, it. Listen, <laughs> 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 That's why I said. <laughs> you, you, you were a VP one of the youngest VPs to ever do it at the level that you were doing it, right? Yeah. Technically, with no formal education. None. From Evander Childs High School, right? maybe. Now, watch this, right? And we're talking collegiate level, right? When we talk formal education. Yeah, right? yeah. Mm-hmm. But watch how funny this is, right? Me and P went to school. We'll, let's say me and P finished our business degrees, right? Okay, P, we got our MBAs, right? We'll go get a job. And when we get to work, the first thing they're going to do is say, forget everything they fucking taught you in school. 
We're going to teach you how we do it in the real world. I'm, P, am I lying, P? No. P, yo, I've ran into this so many times, right, where people come out of school, and you know what the textbook taught you, and you get to the job, and they be like, do me a favor. Forget all that bullshit they taught you, and whatever school is on your fucking degree, we're going to teach you how to do it the right way here, which we had this conversation, Jared, before about how important on-the-job training is, yes. Yes. how important mm -hmm. apprenticeships they're yeah. way more valuable than formal education. But again, Always. coming from a system where formal education used to be the only way to climb the ladder. It used mm -hmm. to be, it's the name on your degree. Not even what you know. I went to Yale. Okay. That's it. It doesn't matter what you It doesn't do. matter. I was a D student. A D student. It doesn't matter. I was the lowest in my class. It doesn't matter. My degree says Yale. Mm -hmm. But now with society mm -hmm. and and social media and what the pandemic has showed us is it doesn't matter if you have a formal education or not. It only matters if you have what it takes here and what it takes here to get up and do it every day to be successful, right? So when you yeah. get on these jobs, I think it's so, it's so much more important to stop. Yes, if somebody has a formal education, I'm not discounting it. It shows that they've taken the time to dedicate themselves to learning their craft. I'm not discounting it. I'm just saying, do not discount the person that has the energy, that has the enthusiasm, that yeah. has the work ethic yeah. to get that job because that's the person that'll outwork the person with the degree from Yale or whatever they got their degree from every day of the week. I'm telling hard work, hard beats work beats every talent every day, twice yeah. on Sundays. Every day. So, but yes. P, though, when yeah. you got into sales, though, so you didn't have the training. So you was like me. You're like, I've got the, I've got the gift of gab. I can understand Nothing. and I can solve problems. Like, what was that like when you got into sales? What was that shift like? Mm -hmm. Oh, it was scary. I can imagine. <laughs> mm -hmm. It was scary. Well, I would say it was, you know, it's a Fortune 500 company. I had never, again, mm. didn't have the examples. And I, there, there's one thing I will say about working at Disney and ESPN are the people. Right. Mm. There is not a single person that I have ever interacted with at all sorts of levels that I have stopped and said, like, hey, I want to talk to you about what you do. I want to better understand your part of the business that has said no to me. Wow. Every single person, oh. every time has always said yes. Wow. Super dope. Um, and so in that environment, someone who's curious can thrive, right? Because there's no door closed yeah. to you. Literally, figuratively, figuratively, you can figure it out if you want to. You can learn. You can ask questions. Honestly, if you're not asking questions, it's kind of a red flag for everyone. And somebody's going to pull you aside and be like, how come you don't have any questions? You've been, you, you can't oh. possibly know. You've been here for two That's months. A joke. You need to start asking your questions. You need to start raising your hand in meetings like, if you're not here to learn, why are you here? Because don't come after being here a year asking me questions you should have been asking me month one. You have my curiosity. Now you have my attention. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's a, let me, look, think of, Jared, just listen to the environment that she just told you she works in. That is not an everyday environment, bro. No. No. That is one of the one percents. Like, imagine if we had jobs like that that said, why are you not curious? Why are you not asking me a question on how to do your job better? You don't want to learn about this. Can you imagine how people would elevate themselves? But that's why the brands are what they are, because of it. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, and like, right. what I'm curious, because as, as you're yeah. starting in sales, right, you're getting the tutelage from all these people, you're around great people. Yeah. What advice would you give to, to Latino women, Black women who are coming up right now that are looking to climb that corporate ladder? Like, what's the best lesson or biggest advice you would give to them? Okay. I always say be bold and dream big. Mm. Okay. 
Real talk. Be bold in the sense of, you know, knowing that you have a right to sit at the table, that you have a right to show up authentically as you are, that you don't have to be disrespected at your job. Going back yeah. to what we said earlier. Yeah. yeah. And to ask the questions because you don't know, especially if you're a junior employee, if you just got hired like fresh out of college, they don't expect you to know. So while you have that I'm new card, pimp it. Yeah. Ask all the questions. Meet all the people. You literally have a free pass to ask a question and not look crazy. And then just keep that energy going. Keep not looking crazy because you keep asking. That's right. right. Um, the That's other right. thing I spent a lot of time when we talk about, you know, not having the role models or the examples is like I spent a lot of time speaking or, you know, showing up. I have a, a professor I used to work. Uh, I took a course with at NYU a little, I think before or after the pandemic, I can't even remember anymore, right before the pandemic. And now I do guest speaking with him. You know, nice. I, I get oh. speak in his class twice a year. And sometimes it's international students. Sometimes it's um, people from New York, people from, from the US, but there's always like one or two students that I end up like having a connection with and, and making an impact with. Right. And you just never know. So many people have done that for me in my career. And it, there is an obligation for those of us who have made it through, who have learned how go. to navigate, to share, preach the gospel, whatever it is. Somebody shows up crazy to the job. That's not how we do things here. You need to pull that person aside. Message. Message. <laughs> You're not asking questions in meetings. And I see that that's what's expected here. I'm going to pull you aside and be like, you need to, you need to yeah. refocus here. You know what that's called? Questions. You know what that's called, right? Paying it forward. That's it. Mm -hmm. You got to pay it forward. That's what that's what I I was talking about earlier. It paying it forward because I'm paying it back. Yeah. No. Well, right? when I say when I say no. Well, when I say paying it forward, <laughs> meaning somebody you know helped you out in your time of need, whether it was a conversation, monetary value, it doesn't matter. Somebody took their time to give you their time, and you taking your time to give somebody else your time. You're paying it forward to the next person mm -hmm. that technically is behind you coming up up the ladder and, and like you said and like I said before it is our obligation yeah it is our obligation to do that because let me tell you what happens a lot of people it doesn't matter what your ethnicity is you're a hard worker you work your way up the ladder you might scream like it's not fair it's not fair until your ass gets into the room once you in a room and you get comfortable in the room you know what you say yo we can't be too many motherfuckers in this room and then you want to close the door Mm -hmm. Then you want to close the door and you say, yo, hold on, we letting too many people in this room. We gotta then you want to start changing shit now that you're in the room. Mm -hmm. Now that you're in the room. So we have an obligation to say, listen, yes, I'm in the room, but we're not gonna close this door. We're gonna leave this door open for anybody that has enough to make it into the room. Now everybody can't come in the room, but if you have enough fortitude and work ethic, you know, work ethic and experience or whatever to make it into the room, then we're gonna invite you in. That's the difference, right? So, you know, applaud, again, once again, I, I, you know, I love the fact that ESPN has all of these things. I never knew this, that the environment was like that. Because I'm going to be honest with you. Look at all the things that people promote, right? You've never seen ESPN promote something like that. I've never seen it. Let me say that. I've never said, I've never seen ESPN, because, you know, they give out awards, right? To say, like, one of the top companies to work for in the United States, one of the top companies... And they list the reasons why this is one of the best companies. And the reasons are all based on interviews and polls taken by their employees, right? Mm -hmm. I've never seen ESPN post something like that and say, we are one of the top 10 companies to work for in the United States. And here's why, right? 
that would be a great advertisement to show I people mean, that you care about. Why not? Why not? Here's what I say. Well, if you if ESPN does it, right, it, it can come off as Black like showboating, right? Yeah, you need somebody else to flex for you on your behalf. No, That's I why those lists. Mm -mm. I disagree. I, 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 I got to disagree. I feel like it's a bad taste in people's mouth. They're like, "Oh, you're this big company. You think you're the best. This and that." Like, again, you cannot change. Let's be clear. Can we agree on something? If we can't agree, let's we'll move past it. Can we agree on this one thing? No matter what you do, no matter what your message is, you will never please everybody. Can we agree oh, on that? Facts. Okay, facts. thank you. So, so now, thank you. Thank you. So once again, right? So so based off of we all agreeing on that, right? It's not about showboating, right? It's not about everybody's not gonna understand the message because you're not trying to reach everybody. You're trying to reach the people that are talented, that are educated, that are enthusiastic, that are looking, looking for this great work environment because they're working in toxic ones over there. And what you're doing is you're spreading awareness to say, even if you didn't understand your environment is toxic, take a look at our environment and then compare it to yours and then you make the decision for yourself. I think that is phenomenal for the community. I think that I think would it's phenomenal be, but, for the community. No, but but the, but the thing is how it works in tech, bro. It's kind of it's kind of completely opposite, right? They're such a big brand, and you're gonna get so much brand value from being with them that they don't have to promote that. The best talent is already trying to work with them. Word. That's just what it is. But that's if you know about them, and we talked you don't know about, about ESPN? no. But again, <laughs> think about wait, wait. Think about this, right? Watch this. Watch this. I know about ESPN. I know ESPN is a sports, a, watch this. I know ESPN is a sports-based company, blah, blah, blah. I didn't know about the ICC. I didn't know about the work environment. And, and, and PY can run off a list of other things that ESPN does that I know absolutely nothing about. Am I lying? Am I lying? Thank you. So this is what I'm talking about. And, for, and, and I feel like I'm a big sports guy, so I pay more attention to ESPN. But if, you don't, if you're not a sports person, then you might not even know who ESPN is. You understand? Because there's a lot of people, men and women, that are not sports fanatics. That Who is ESPN? I've heard of them, but I don't, I don't care about them. But that, I'm, it's, I'm not it's, what you that. just said, I've heard of them. That's, that's the brand value. I've heard of them. You don't need to say nothing else after that, bro, because guess what? If I go to them, if right. I'm at ESPN, if I'm at Amazon, if I'm at Google, and I'm at Microsoft, what happens is they get the pick of the litter. It doesn't matter if you were talented, not talented, anything. We just saw this. It was big layoffs at Facebook, matter all these places, right? right? That's why it's hard to get back in the job market. Why would they want to take orders from me who has right. a brand value of 5 million impressions? They do X, Y, and Z when they get somebody from Meta that's going to do the same thing. Got you. Okay. So it's like, I, the it's like why would you take me from Hootsuite when yeah. you get from ESPN? So I, I, I just think it needs, we need to raise, oh, again, I just try to stay on the same level and sure. stay consistent on raising awareness Overall, the purpose of this platform is not only to have guests onto the platform, but it's to bring the information from somebody at Patricia's level to somebody at the apprentice level, to somebody maybe still in high school wondering how marketing works and even if this is possible for a Latina girl with not a lot of resources and might be, you understand what I'm saying? So again, that's where I take it from. It's the awareness of saying like, yeah, we know the, the cream of the crop and the, and the 1%, 2% understand but what about the majority of people that don't? No, and I'm how sure are we Patricia transferring that message that to that? That's that, and that's why I said mm -hmm. I yeah. think that you know advertising something like that, and I'm not talking like it's not about boasting. Like I said, um, it's just about adver advertising something like that and saying, hey, we're one of the top, you know, 50 companies or 25 companies in the country. 
And this is why I think that definitely will go a long way in changing the culture on how people go to work every day. Right? I, Look, I'll I give you a perfect example, right? So, so PY, one of my main jobs is construction. I've been in construction 22 years, okay? We built God knows how many Google offices. Google's a pioneer, one of the, one of the pioneers in office space and functionality. When I'm talking about the design of their offices, not cubicles, right? That everybody's used to. Your cubicles, my cubicle, my cubicle. We're talking open floor spaces. We're talking games. We're talking catering food for lunchtime, healthy snacks. We're talking setting up an environment that does not feel you're at work, right? Now, mind you, they're, they're not based off the regular system of come to work, go to coffee room, cubicles. You understand what I'm saying? They're, they're showing you something different. And then they're turning around saying that, guess what? We're one of the top 10 companies in the, in the, in the world for whatever year you want to count, right? Showing you that you can do things a different way and still be successful. Now, when a person looks at Google and a person looks at Amazon and these companies that are now doing this and they look at their situation, they go, wow. You would, like you said, right, disrespect or a toxic environment, things that you might not even have realized are toxic or disrespectful. When you look at how another company is, is doing their things and, and, and how their layout is, then you have the information to say, oh, yeah, this ain't right. This ain't right. And start to effectively make change. It's, it's, it's a diff I, I, I'm, I'm not saying it. it's diff. No, no, I'm not saying it's difficult. What I'm saying is it still needs to happen. The converse, if the conversation, think, you, so you're saying it's difficult, right? Again, back to our ancestors, right? When we didn't have voting rights, when we, when we were segregated in schools, do you think that was difficult? You understand what I'm saying? It still mm -hmm. took effort and energy to fight through what the system was, was based off of what the normalcy was to enact the change. And did the change happen immediately? No, it happened over the years. So this is what I'm saying. If these larger companies start setting the example to say, I'm a billion dollar company, I don't need to do this, but I'm doing this to show you that we're changing the culture. It changes the culture, but that's not in the media. But but that's it, what that's know, what they, that's why they invest. But they that's why they have the open floor. That's why they are who they are, bro. A startup can't compete with that. No, but not, not, I'm not saying competing. I'm I'm just talking about again. The message is understanding an environment and understanding if your environment matches the same or changing it. You understand what I'm saying? So a startup can compete with that. I, if I look at Google and say they have an open floor plan, they don't have cool cubicles, they, this is how they treat their employees. Remember, we had, we had um, I forget who we talked to. Um, I don't know if it was AD. I forgot who we talked to. And one of the best things that they said was, we have people that we work with and they mm -hmm. don't work for us. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah. Do you remember that? That in itself, that statement right there is a complete shake to the foundation of being a worker, period. We have people we work with, not that work for us. Do you understand the message I, in that? I so that's do. what I'm talking about. So as a startup, it doesn't matter if you're a startup. If you adopt that mentality from the beginning and say, we want people to work with us, even though you're an employee, we want you to work with us. We're going to set up an environment that makes you feel comfortable, where you want to come to work. PY, how many jobs have you had where you're like, I'm not going to fucking work today. You know what I'm saying? How many Americans, how many Americans do you believe dread, and I mean dread, getting out of bed every day to go to work? I would say more than half, for Thank sure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank too, many. Too, too many is the answer. Not many people love to say, 
I don't even have a job. I love what I do. How many people you know say that? If you had Google making 400, I love my it, it, job no, too. No, you're missing it. You're missing it. See? <laughs> See? You're missing it. It's not the money. It is not the money. It's It's not. Stop it. Listen, let me tell you something. Yeah, you're gone and You too can't far. tell me it's not. It's not. Gone I'm going to tell you that. That's exactly what I'm going to tell you. It's not because that's, that's exactly going back to generational wealth. That is what we're doing. No, we're that's what. No, 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 no. What we're doing now. That's what we're doing now as business owners. There's a difference. There's a difference. Jared can speak now from a worker point from a VP point and then as an owner now. He's an owner now. It's a completely different conversation. We're talking about employees, right? I've had jobs that I didn't make a lot of money, that I loved what I did. I did music. Me and Jared do music. I, I was in the music business for like 20 years. I love doing music. I love the creativity of it. I love living in the studio. I mm -hmm. love going out of town. I love every aspect of it. Jared, are you arguing with me about this? No. Thank you. Don't <laughs> box in your creativity. When you're making music, watch this. When you're making music and you're in a studio, you're not getting paid for your studio time, correct? You're my, you might actually be paying for it, correct? Facts. But how do you feel about what you're making? Feel great about it. I wouldn't Thank be you. investing in it. Thank you. Yeah. That's the point that I just made. It, so that's when you say it's not about the money because you're spending money and you haven't made any monetary value from it yet. But it's like an artist drawing a painting. It's like somebody, you understand what I'm but saying? The difference is that's my dream and this is my livelihood. Those no, are two big but differences. It's not, it's not a difference because you can turn no. your dream into your livelihood. What a lot of Americans do is they take something that can support their livelihood and they fucking yeah. hate it. And they hate it. Hmm. They hate it. And this is why you don't get, number one, the productivity that you're looking for out of a worker. A worker will not be super productive if they hate their job. I, I promise you that. I promise you that. You understand? I, when I a person that. loves to come to work every day, you will get twice the amount of work done without even asking for it. That person will fucking ride and die for that company because they love what they do and they don't look at it as work. But when you're only... It, yeah, go ahead. It's a combination of the work that's being done, but also yeah. who you're working for. Yeah, right? Thank like, you. Yes. Exactly. exactly. Yes. Yes. There's people I would put my hand in the fire for. Yes. That I worked with. They weren't even my leaders, right? That were like leaders of an adjacent group that I worked with that I would put my hand in the fire for this person. Uh, and they would yeah. do it for me. But there yeah. are other leaders I've had throughout my career. I may not necessarily feel that way, but yeah. the work was great, right? Sometimes sometimes there's difficult choices to make, whether it's yeah. the, whenever I made a job change, it was either about new skills, new work, or a person I really wanted to learn from and work for or work with to yeah. your earlier point. Yeah. So, so, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like when, when, you know, and that's where it gets back to my point where like, Again, I'm not ESPN, but I think that the brands have a responsibility to help show that the culture can elevate and change. You can't keep complaining about a situation and not do anything to help change the situation. You understand what I'm saying? You can't keep complaining about a situation and not do anything to help change the situation. You know what I mean? So... If, if, if you're a startup, then nobody knows you. Your impact is minimal. It's minimal, right? So who are the people going to pay attention to? Jared already said it before. It's the big brands, the Amazon, the ESPN, that even if you don't know what I do, you've heard my name. You've seen my logo, right? So when we talk about influence and influencing the masses, 
that's how you do it. You influence the masses. So if most people know about you and most people understand a, a portion of what you do, the message that you send out will be received by more people than not. I agree, but there's also a lot of variables, bro. I think the way boxing this in, you know what I'm saying? It's just a lot. It's a lot of different variables when it comes to that, bro. Like a I'm just talking about just doing something. I'm just saying. There's no... All I'm saying is this. My, my message is very simple. They created the award for a reason. Amazon didn't create it. ESPN didn't create it. Whoever created the top business of whatever, they created it for a reason. Can we agree to that? Yeah. It's like being on a... It's like being on whatever... It's like whatever awards you've won. Um, so, PY, you've won some awards, right? What is yes. the purpose of creating an award, letting somebody win the award, and then because whoever won the award might be a certain tier or level saying, if you promote the fact that you won this award, it's not good. That doesn't make any sense. But the business awards are different from personal awards. There's a lot of profit and there's a lot of under, under the table shit that happens. Think about the con lines award. That's why I'm like, bro, there's so many nuances to what you're saying. I agree with what with some of what you're saying, but there's so many shit that we can't get into, bro, because we're gonna end up dragging. No, I'm no, it's not about. I'm just, I'm just saying. Do you? Very simple. Do you believe that a company of this magnitude should not be promoting the positiveness that it has within its company? It's a very simple message. No, it's it's more impactful when the people do it. That's it. It's more impactful when me as the employee do it. That's it. That's why. That's why people. That's why I took the personal brand stance, yeah. bro. Because I, they can say, yo, who tweet, who tweet, where, who tweet, where, who tweet. But guess what? When I go on my personal brand and be like, yo, who tweet allows me to wear the hat and the hoodie and I could do this and I can make mad money on the back end. I could do that. Other people are seeing that and it means more to them than who tweet saying people can make more money. You can wear your hat and the hoodie. That's why personal branding is so important. That's why employee advocacy. That's why I'm saying my price is my price. Because they yeah, don't but everybody brand. Does, but everybody doesn't have a personal brand. But everybody that's the point. Can, yeah, that's what that's I'm saying. The, yeah, but that's why it's more important for every person to have it. Because your voice is more valuable. You you want to hear if that's like me watching something on Netflix right now, and they saying it's the best movie ever. But if okay. I go on Instagram right now and be like, yo, PY, that was the illest shit I saw. They cloned Tyrone. You know what I mean? Oh, whatever, gotcha. right? you gonna, you gotcha. gonna be like, oh, Jared said it's trash. I don't care gotcha. what they talking about. Gotcha. That's what it is. That's gotcha. all it is. So that's the whole point we were saying before. It's gotcha. like, yo. If you do it, it looks like a showboat. It looks like it's this. So they don't want that. They're going to create such a good environment where everybody's shrouding to the fucking mountaintop how dope it is. They don't care about awards. They're going to get the best talent anyway. And if you gotcha. get there, guess what? You're going to make so much money on the back end, don't even matter. See, that, then that's why I didn't talk about the money because I feel like the money was going to come anyway. PY, mm -hmm. if, you do, if you do what you got to do and you excel at your job, then, right, we, we was taught to chase the money. And I think that's a, a terrible mindset to have. Do the work. Be the best at what you do. If you're creating a product, create the best product possible. The money will come. I think we have to, I think we have to re-educate ourselves as a society because we were only taught to chase the money, to chase the money, to chase the money. And when you're chasing the money, you lose a lot of your values, right? You'll shut up for a lot of things, right? You won't have the stance you might have for a lot of things because you're chasing the money. But if you create the value in yourself, create the product that's, that speaks for itself, the money will eventually come. You, you, you do, P.Y., do you know, you ever heard of Walter Gear? Do you know Walt mm -hmm. from the industry? Yeah, Walt, Walt. Yeah. So, so that, that's my guy. He was on the yeah. season one. He said something so real, and, it, and it, it resonated with me as a black man. He said, white men negotiate for power. Black men mm -hmm. negotiate for money. For money. And I was just going to say, I don't know if it's about money or title, but that's right, like hit right. what you're that's talking the about. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
But I still, I still want to get. I've got so many stories I want to get into. Come on, we can. No, 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 let's go. No. These things are intrinsically tied together, though. They right? are. They are. Taste the they are. You taste the money when you taste the projects, and and I just don't want to. What I agree with what you're saying. I just don't want to be naive in our conversation that money is an important factor in day-to-day life and does impact decisions, right? You being able to put food on the table, being able to send your child to a safe school, being able to commute, like the environment that you live in is stressful or not, like being able to come home to an oasis, like those things matter. And those things impact productivity as well. Absolutely. And if my kid is in a good parochial school, I'm making this money, I got my house, I may have to shut the hell up today. I may have to, and that's just what it is. So as, as much as I want to be on the front lines and be like this, it, it, the, the unemployment line is super long, bro. And you're not trying to jeopardize your livelihood just because I stood up. Because you know what? I did that. I did that a lot. I don't have to be able to hat in a fucking hoodie trying to be in corporate. Look where it got my ass. I had to start my own. But I'll do that. Will everybody do that? I know people that be like, yeah, I'm hip hop. I'm just like you, Jared. Y'all would love to. But when they get in that motherfucking room and they get in that boardroom, it's, yes, sir. Yes, sir, boss. Yeah, I mean, well, this again, I'm, I'm, I agree 100% with both of you. Again, I, I would never, ever say that I've, I haven't made a decision that financially benefited sure. me or my family. But like I said, I, you know, my point was just very simple. It's just drawing the line and still having a stance where, like, I'm just not going to tolerate certain things based on money. Based on mm-hmm. money. You no, understand fine. what I'm saying? Fine. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and, then, and then now moving forward. So, all right. We talked about the impact that this has on society. So you got into the marketing. Mm-hmm. You switch gears. We're doing law. We're doing constitutional law. We switch gears. We get into marketing. You're working mm-hmm. for these nonprofits. You fall in love with marketing, right? Yes. Your first job wasn't with ESPN, right? Not in the it's marketing with Walt, Walt Disney, right? It's, it was in a right. hybrid group. So it was okay. the only hybrid group at the time. It was Disney and ESPN Media Network. So got we you. worked across okay. the entire TV portfolio for Disney. So at got the time, mm. it was like, well, today it would be like Nat Geo, FX, Freeform, ABC, mm. all the Disney channels, all the ESPN channels, SBC right. Network, ACC, The Ocho, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, love Nat, I love Nat Geo. Love Nat, Nat dope. I love yeah. Nat Geo. I love Nat Geo. They have sorry. great documentaries. I love Nat Geo. I'm sorry. Visually high production value. I, who's the cameraman? Some of the shots, I'd be like, God damn, how much it costs to get that shot? I love Nat Geo. So, okay, so now, so how long so how long was you with them before you transitioned over? Uh, eight years. Okay. So eight years. Um, and, and what was the position that you started at? What, what was the entry level position that you started? At? I was a coordinator of field sales. So okay. I'd already moved up to like manager level in nonprofits and I'd start right. all over. That's what I was going to say to you. Cause <laughs> right. So look at what you did. So look at what you did now. Look at what you did. Cause I was going to say that to you. So you were already at a manager level in your nonprofit and you switched now and took a lower position, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to guesstimate and just say for lower money. Yes. No, no, no. Oh, it was I more money. Nonprofit to for profit, not oh, much. Oh, okay. But okay. a little bit Rula. more. Okay, I, and I was eligible for overtime. Okay, because so you know good. managers normally get paid a decent amount in nonprofits. That's non-profits why I said less money. Okay, <laughs> okay. So you came in at this entry level, and then for the eight years, what level were you at before you transitioned out of that company? Um, at Disney and ESPN, I got up to like senior manager, and then when wow. I went to ESPN, I was associate director. Okay. They're more or less the same title. They're just different structures within the different parts okay. of the company. Okay. Why, why the switch now? That, that's that's not, not talk money. Not yeah. talk money. But why no, the switch? It wasn't, 
I'll tell you, it was a lateral shift. So that was uh, another time mm, in my career. So going from nonprofit mm, to for-profit was like, whoop, and then right. I went up and then going from uh, B2B to marketing right. to B2C marketing, yeah. I had to make Big a choice, difference. right? I wanted to move into consumer marketing. There was a position. I was hoping it would be a director role, um, but they made it associate director. And I had to make it, I went through the interview process and they wanted me and that was a challenge. And I was like, you know, if I, I want to grow from a title perspective, not for the sake of the title, but as we all know in the job world, right? They want to see growth in title. With yeah. title also comes bigger bonuses, right? Percentages that you're allocated yep. to. There's other things that come with that. An office, you know, yeah. would be nice. I feel like I have yeah. earned that at this point. A door. A door. I could have looked at the office, but like I want, I want to, you know, put some respect on my name. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, a door. I want a door I, with a plaque had, with my name I on it. A door. So, I mean, it was difficult because I had to decide, was I willing to make this lateral shift for the sake of learning a whole new area? And I was going to be given the chance to work on 30 for 30 documentary films right. at one of the biggest brands, work on brand marketing for ESPN. Like, Fire. So I did it. What is the interview process like? Um, it depends. So is coming into rigorous? the organization, yes. Oh, when both. I was, so when you, when when you came in scale, and when you shifted yeah. over Yes, when I came in, I think you I have had to like send a resume. five <laughs> rounds of interviews. Oh, yes, a resume. I had like five interviews, um, not only with the hiring manager, but every one of the people on the sales team. Yeah. I had to do a presentation. They yeah. gave me like an assignment, and I had to pick like one of two. And I remember it was Labor Day weekend. And it was like, they gave me the assignment like Friday afternoon, and I had to be able to pitch like Tuesday morning. So it was basically like, mm. there goes your weekend. But yeah. you make a choice, right? Like we were saying how before, bad do you want are it? you going to do it? Yeah. yeah. How bad do you want it? So I was like at the barbecue, like talking to people about initially like concepts that I was thinking about. And we were like crowdsourcing ideas. <laughs> like Fire. people were poking holes in my presentation. I was going to my now husband at uh, the time with my boyfriend to his office to like practice in a conference room and like printing out my presentation at his office. So I couldn't do it at my office. Um, I didn't have a printer at home. So, um, and then I ended up getting the job. So that was my first nice. go about in it. And I would say I did have people help me even in the interview round. I met right. with one woman um, who seemed to really like me. And we were talking through the interview and everything was going fine. And in a moment at the end of the interview, she paused and she said, I think your answers were all great. But what I didn't hear you say was X, Y, and Z. So some like nuance in like what mm -hmm. I was saying. And she's like, and when you go into the next room, I'm gonna need to make sure that you say those things in the next room. Nice. And at first, mm -hmm. and I'm like, nice. and I'm like, is this a trap? Right. Because <laughs> that this is I'm still young, right? I'm still in my early 20s at the time. And I'm like, is this a trap? Like, am I supposed to is she supposed to say this to me? Like right. is she looking out? Is she not yeah. looking out? She looked out. And yeah. I and literally that that is just one small example of all the like I stand here today on the shoulders right. of all those people who did those things along right. the way. So right. going back to obligation, right? I'm like doing that for other people, pulling yeah. them aside or giving them the edge. Like people who want it are gonna take that and run. Right. Um, yeah. so then my second interview process, mm -hmm. uh I had already gone through a few interviews because I changed roles a few times at that point within the company, or I had new roles based on restructures because that yeah. happens all the time in media. Absolutely. Um, so this last one is a little tricky because you're implying internally. And um, luckily I have, I had an amazing boss at the time who was clear, you know, I could be honest with her and say, I, you know, I love what I'm doing now, but I am curious about learning more about consumer marketing. 
I had spent more time like shadowing that team and like joining their, um, their monthly meetings. So I would understand some of the work they were doing, the campaigns they were working on. And there was no job open at the time. I was just going like in my spare time, like spending this extra time with this team. Cause I'm like, I think I want to do this, but I don't know how to get there. Right. Um, and in one of the meetings, they were saying goodbye to a guy who accepted a job at a different company. And it didn't even click to me in that moment. They're like, oh, there's a job opening. Because I was still like, oh, this is fun, like extracurricular. And then all of a sudden, I was having lunch with a friend of mine. And I was saying like, man, I really want to get into consumer marketing. But like, I don't really know how to get into this space because I really don't have the degree. I don't really have the experience. Like everything else I've done has been in, in this distribution area. Yeah. And she's like, oh, well, so-and-so just left. And I'm like, oh, shit, I was in that meeting. I didn't even think about that. Wow. <laughs> and then I was like, hmm. So I set up time with the hiring manager. And I said, look, I'm thinking about applying. This is the benefit of applying internally. You get to do all these things. Yeah. Um, but I want to get a sense from you. Are you looking to hire someone that was just like the person who left? The guy who just left was like Johnny Football, right? He could tell you stats about everything. Mm. I am not Jane Football, right. right? I am like storyteller. I'm creative. I do love sports, but I can't tell you who's on the starting lineup for the Mets. Like, Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> and I'm so a Mets fast. fan. Right. I'm not that diehard sports fan. I am a like story seeking, like player specific, like moments kind of a sports fan. And I was like, so if you're looking to replace him, then like, I'm not your girl. But if you're interested in taking a chance and approaching this from a different perspective, like, I think I could do a really good job here. I'm glad. And I'm he glad was you, like, all right. I'm glad you said that because I really wanted to know at this point in your career, where where is Patricia's confidence level, right? Oh, you, zero. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, yeah. wait, wait, how? I don't know. Where you were a manager. <laughs> you were you were doing this. How could your confidence yeah, be you know, zero? This was a new space. This was a new space. Right. And my goal was like, how do I get you to believe in me that okay. my track record is such that I have always entered a space okay. where I did not know what was happening, but I have always figured it out and I have always left my fingerprints on it before I left. So that mm. has always been my mark, whether I was in nonprofits, whether I had to figure it out, you know, at every single role, when I came into sales and media, when I moved into like a small, you know, client services agency within the sales org, when I moved into partnership marketing, everything I had to figure it out. But like I said earlier, with the environment and the people that I was with, there was always someone there coaching me, showing me, explaining me, and I made mistakes, don't right. get me wrong, but there was someone there. And then there were opportunities given to me to do it, you know, with a safety net, but like to actually do, not just watch, right? But I also took advantage of the times right. where I spent my extra time learning, asking questions, meeting with people, networking, and even studying. So I know we didn't finish our MBAs, but I have done certificates with like section on brand strategy. I did finish the one earlier this year with Columbia Business School Executive right, Education yeah. on digital marketing because also yeah. marketing is constantly changing. Yeah, I'm absolutely. actually looking to do a mini MBA in the fall um, just to keep rounding out, just to keep growing and changing with everything that's happening with AI. There's like, there's always something to learn. Yeah. So, Is that a requirement for your job? Because I know a lot no. of jobs mm -hmm. require that. Okay. Cause you know they have the what I think it's called um like additional education credits or some ECC credits or something like yes. that, right? Where your job will say we'll give you the job, but we require you to get a certain amount of continued education or certifications within you know a certain time frame. So you said they don't they're not even asking for that. Not required. Wow. But they do have an educational reimbursement program. Nice. Where I have not paid for any of these programs 
excuse me, all you have to do is apply, explain how this is going to help you grow in the role that you're currently in. Right. Your yeah. VP has to approve it. And then you talk about, you know, ideally the stuff is like after hours or not taking up too much of your work time for right. X amount of weeks. And then you talk about what you learned afterwards and then you kind of move forward. So I've done that wow. at least three times within my time at ESPN. Wow. I think, right. I think we might have to and Disney. Google, Google ESPN. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's, more, there's than, a really more, than, great more than the title might be moving to ESPN. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm hearing too many benefits over. I'm, I'm hearing about too many yeah. benefits yeah. right now. <laughs> Chad, how would you feel about the ESPN banner on you know, more than the at title? The price, at the price of right, Bob Barker. Don't ever ask me a question like that. Motherfucking price right, I'm Bob Barker. After all that talk about having morals and ethics and I, I, I asked him. I asked him. <laughs> wait, wait, Patricia, did you see what I did? Wait, did you see up. what I did? I set his ass up, right? I said, Jared, how do you feel about it? <laughs> Man, I, I'm going for the bag. They let me be me. I'm going for the bag. Cold, and you know what? I don't. I don't know them people that standing out there be like, "Yo, get Jared a bag." There ain't too many of them <laughs> about that. But people, I, in your career, since you've been around, you project, right? and you said they gave you a lot of free range to do what you needed to do, and it was like a safety net. What is one of those projects that you was like, "Holy shit, I'm on this," and mm-hmm. was the most difficult situation you had to come? You know, you had to overcome with that. It was like, holy shit, nobody's here. Nobody's doing this. I got to produce this by then. Nobody actually really showed me how to do this. You know what I'm saying? Like, is there any situation like that? There is not a situation where it's really hard for me to think about because even in all the times I was managing clients, like I I was working with, um, I had colleagues that let me shadow them and working on Comcast, which is like the biggest television distributor in the country. Um, and she was so gracious because she knew I was trying to learn that business and they wasn't, there weren't enough accounts to like spread around. So she was like, I could use the help. She's like, just come work with me. And then at some point she just let me like run the account, which was amazing. Dope. But um, God, that's so hard. The only thing I can think of right now is one of the more recent things is that we didn't have this like ongoing newsletter communication with our fans, basically curating what to watch when it came to original content and film. A lot of people, when you think about ESPN, you think about live sports. And so I worked with my team to come up with a newsletter and we had to brand it. We had to develop it. We had to get product to like be willing to produce a a row of content within our products that we could drive people through from our email marketing. And it was harder than I thought, right? Because it sounds like easy to, to do, right? It's a lot of table stakes for other companies like a Netflix or Hulu, but technically it was going to involve a lot of other people deciding to do extra work right? Something that I wanted to make. So that was like the hard part. And so, and to do it right, where we would have metrics and we would have like information to decide, like, are we doing the right thing or do we need to adjust? And so initially, you know, poor product team has like a a never ending to-do list. They were like, this is not a priority for us right now, but like maybe come back to us. And so we had to figure out how do we get around not having like a dedicated destination to send people to in the email? And so it meant more work for us initially. We had to like link everything individually that was in our email. So if we had like five shows we were going to be promoting, instead of pushing to one place, we'd have to like link everything separately. Just means more opportunity for error, all these other things. Um, What I wanted to see was like 
if we had an existing row on the platform, how many people discovered it organically and how many people came to it because of our email push. And yeah. that was going to be the interesting part for me, but I couldn't do that yet. So I was like, it's cool. We're still going to do it anyway. Right. So we did it in November. We did it in December. And December was really dope because we had a holiday marathon and we did this holiday email theme. And mm. when we got the stats back about how it performed, we had learned that the open rate was higher than the number of people we sent it to. And I was mm. like, See? That, that can't be See? right. Right. And it was like, something's right. wrong with the numbers. And they're like, right. no, no, no. This means either... People went back to the email and opened it again because they wanted to see something else right. and or they forwarded it to someone because they were like, oh, this is dope. Come look and see like what ESPN has. And I was like, OK, we're on to something. This was like month two. So now we mm. had like some data. We had some momentum. You go back to product. You go back to people like buying media on CTV um, search and everything else. And we're like, OK, look, we have something here. People want this but we're not doing this the most efficient way. We're not doing this the best way. And sometimes we're losing clicks. So we're like, okay, make the newsletter shorter. Let's try a GIF, you know, yeah, rotational GIF image right. at the top. Mm -hmm. Let's try these other subject lines. Let's test the buttons, right? Do some even yeah. testing for like watch now versus stream now. Yeah. Um, and I didn't get to see the end of the story um, because spoiler alert, I'm no longer with ESPN as of this month because I was part of the Disney layoff. But thank you. That's okay. Um, it's but not okay. No, part no, no. Of it, it's not okay. Not it's okay. okay because I, I feel like I'm going to be okay. That's why it's okay. You, you will be. No, I feel like you will be too, but I just feel like, again, it's, it's just not okay. <laughs> it's, I, I, can't, I can't agree to somebody losing their job. I'm, I'm, you know, no, it's not okay. You know, you know. Revenue. Yeah. My point was, was that mm. the, the exciting part was going to be to see like how the CTV ads were going to do because the open yeah. rate was high, mm -hmm. but the... Um, we didn't see the connection in the streaming. And I was like, why, yeah, why aren't we getting people to watch? Like, I don't get it. They're opening it. And so I was like, you know what? Think about when you get an email. Are you going to watch like this 10-hour documentary of The Last Dance on your phone? No. You're going to go to your television and watch it there. And I was like, you know what? You make an excellent point there. So the, the last step, which hopefully is happening now while I'm not there, um, was to get some CTV ads and get some connection there so we could see the story, like this whole through line to like what's happening from getting the increased numbers from that. That's crazy. Yeah. Is she breaking up to you, Jared? I feel like just, she's just slightly, just went down a little bit. Okay. You good now? Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Perfect. So that you was just really interesting. You had all these different people who had to come together. We had to do like a little bit of a proof proof of concept initially to get buy-in. And we were like, all right, cool, we'll do it. We get it. You know, everyone's got mad shit to do. This is right. like an extra thing to do. But like, once you get the momentum and people are excited and people are seeing this as a new way to reach fans and like, then how do you keep refining it each month and keep refining yeah. and keep refining? Like that, that to me is just like- that, that, I, I love the testing. I, I love the art and science of that. As you're saying that, I'm thinking about, you guys have a huge database of emails. How do you segment who to send it to and who not to? Yes. So a lot of filters, but, um, and we would change it every month. So if uh, November was native American history month, um, we, and depending on the title. So there were some films that we had for uh, lacrosse because it's roots. And part of the film talks about the roots in, uh, uh American, uh, native American history. Uh, we would pull those films up and we would see like people who would watch things like this or people interested in lacrosse and kind of like put those segments in. And then if it was um, holiday marathon, there's kind of like a mix of content. I think we just did what we call story seekers. So people who are looking for original content stories. If February is, you know, Black History Always, yeah. we look through 
the catalog going back to being mindful you know are our stories all about black pain or are they also about black joy do we have enough of a mix do we have any place for black pain in this month or is this just a month of celebration how do we position the the myriad of stories that could come out from here so mm. we, we look at that really closely from a content perspective with the programming team and then think about how we position the content coming out. Yeah. That's fine. I got, a, I got a great, yeah, I got a crazy question that I don't know if somebody's ever asked you, but you know, I'm just curious, right? When yeah. you get, when you, I'm, I'm curious because I think this would be a dope thing to do, but you know, maybe they do it, maybe they don't. When you mm -hmm. are involved in these big projects, right? The last dance and things of that nature. Yeah, you're getting paid from a salary point, but do these guys give you um, options to like buy into the project? Like, hey, if mm. you want to buy a certain amount of shares in the project or something like that, like when the project comes out so that you can get residuals from it? Because I know they do it for like the actors and, and, and the producers of it, yeah. but do they offer that to the production team as well? I mean, I'm just curious. I don't know about the, I'm on the marketing production team. So the actual right. production team of the film, I don't think so. Because okay. I think we're we're not structured like that from an employee perspective, but I know initially when I started working there, I don't know if they have it now, but there was an employee stock purchase program. And there I don't want to speak now if I'm misspeaking on it. I don't know if it right. still exists today, but there right. was one for Disney and I kicked myself because I did not invest and the stock was like $48 at the time. Right. Now it's like right. well over a hundred. So yeah. if your company right. offers it right. and it's a large company that's going to be around for a while, like Disney kids. Right. Buy some stock. Right. So, so again, that, again, <laughs> yeah. that's why I asked, right? Because, again, we talk about generational wealth, and, mm -hmm. and we also talk about education. If you're not educated in stocks, you can't, kick, your, you can't kick yourself. Stocks in itself is 1,500 degrees, and you still won't understand it. You know what right. I mean? So, but, I, you know, I just think about things like that because it's a way for you to monetize off of your project and monetize off of the company that you you've worked with, even mm -hmm. if you're still not at the company. So you worked at Disney. Let's say you right. bought 200, 300 stocks. Even if you're not at Disney anymore, you still can get uh, monetary value from the stocks rising and, and going up from when you bought it. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I know Amazon does that yeah. with their employees. Yeah, Amazon definitely does. Stock. Right. Was right. it last year? Right. Yeah. 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 See, but I, I'm also yeah. thinking too, as yeah. what, what was one of the, like, outside of financial and the benefits mm -hmm. and stuff, what was one of the biggest perks of working for Disney slash ESPN? Did you see Bob Igor? Did you see an athlete that you always love? Like, what was yes. one moment that you was like, man, I can't believe I'm here? Right. There were a lot of moments. Um, I, when I worked in the client mm -hmm. services group, I was in charge of ticketing and mm -hmm. VIP events. Mm. Dream job. Mm. Dream job. I was in my early 20s. I was flying across the country. I went to Super Bowl 50. I went to US wow. Open every year. Um, I went to All-Star. I'm trying to think of it. Look, and you, look, and you left that? You was going to the Super Bowl for free? You know about Super Bowl tickets? Who left? They asked me to leave. Who left? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm just saying. Yeah. Okay, okay. Because I'm like, you going to Super Bowl for free? <laughs> Shit, I'm in. <laughs> now you double back. Yeah. <laughs> and the yeah, U.S. Open? Right. Yes, yeah, yeah, U.S. Open, yeah. SPs. Yeah. Um, I have had the benefit of meeting some very cool athletes. Yeah. Um, or presenting to them on Zooms in, right. this, in this era. Mm. Um, which is dope. And, you know, sometimes they say never meet your heroes, but yeah. uh, I'll say, you know, Derek Jeter and Colin Kaepernick are exactly yeah. the heroes that they present themselves to be. Nice. Nice. So that's so dope. Yeah. 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 Did you ask for an autograph? No. Oh. Did you get a picture? 
No. You didn't commemorate the moment? Ah, oh, come on. The picture's supposed to be right under the captain's right, photo. Right, right. You got to commemorate as the an moment. Employee, you're yeah. not allowed to ask for autographs or pictures. That's Really? Oh. Yes. And number two, right. they're getting bombarded. Right. right. Like I understand. When, when I'm working with them, it's more of like a working relationship. It's not a fan. I mean, inside I'm dying, but like, <laughs> but like externally, like this is a, this is a business, right? We're not, we're not here to, to not take pictures, right. but no. Right. No, that, that, that's no. definitely understandable. Let me ask you this. So you, you know, you've had a journey, um, that is not orthodox, right? Because you've, you've changed around, you've done so many different things, right? Now, we talk about the education to people that are not at Patricia's level at this moment, right? And I know that you've given them advice and things of that nature, but can you recommend, are there any type of programs out mm -hmm. there or anything that you could recommend to somebody that's looking to get into the field that you're in that, you know, it would benefit them to get that type of program or get that type of education? In marketing in general? Yeah, like in a, like say somebody wants to do what you're doing right now, you know. Mm -hmm. So I you know, I know you gave general advice, but like is there yeah, like yeah, a specific yeah. program that they could get into or like a grant program or a scholarship program they can apply for, apprenticeship program? Does ESPN do apprenticeships? Like is there some type of program that somebody could apply for if they wanted to kind of, you know, start on the path that you're on? Yeah, so ESPN does have internships. I should say Disney has internships. Oh, nice. Um, okay. Across all sorts of divisions within the company and brands. So that's always available. And there's a, they do hire interns with the intention of making them full-time employees. Nice. Think of the internship. My biggest piece of advice with any internship is think of it as a long audition and like a long interview. You mm. literally showing up every day representing yourself and then imagining what it'd be like to work with you, right? Like, are you there first thing in the morning? Are you asking questions? Are you, are you raising your hand to, to work on stuff? Like that is your, interview it's a three-month interview process if, if you don't if you don't if you mess that up that's on you right. like <laughs> okay um and that's then in terms advice, of programs yeah. i would say you know my philosophy has always been like stay curious you know i i read dr marcus collins book most recently for the culture which is great really great perspective on moving from marketing just to demographics and really thinking about community and what moves people because people are what moves people um yeah. So staying connected to those things, um, exploring programs like section are really great by professor Galloway. Uh, Scott Galloway has a podcast. He's, you know, teaches at NYU, you know, Scott. Scott. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he offers, and I took one of his earlier courses, the one the earlier sprints on brand strategy in 2020 that are really made designed for a working professional, right? It's like just mm -hmm. the right amount of work. It's the right mix of like live, you know, through zoom and also like off, off live coursework, you have a TA, you have classmates, like, you, you know, you automatically build your network with like people, you know, who are working in CPG or anything else. And it just gives you a different framework and different lens to think about your work. Like I don't work in consumer packaged goods, but working through a problem with someone who does even virtually just makes your brain grow in a different way and has, gives you different perspective when you show up to work the next day. It makes you think about it in a different way. Absolutely. Um, so I really like section. Uh, my course at Columbia Business School was amazing. It's their executive education program. Um, what I loved about it was that the digital marketing course had simulation software. So you would actually go into a software similar to sure what they have at like a, a Hootsuite or 
yeah. HubSpot and like actually go through the buying process for social media and digital. So if you've never done it before, you literally log in as if, you know, you get a memo from your director and you have this budget, you have to hit these KPIs and this yeah. is the product. That's, that's then dope. It's so dope. That's um, dope. So you can really speak to saying like, you didn't just learn this theoretically, but you've actually like done this access. I think the software is called StuKent, like student with a K. Um, and signing up for the course gives you access to like that software. And so that one I really loved too. That's fire. Fire. That's fire. 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 So, you know, I, I've got actually, I know we're coming up on time too. Yeah. And I just want to ask you, you know, my last question, what, what, what is the, what is the mountaintop? What are some things that you haven't accomplished that, that you're looking to accomplish in your career moving forward? <sighs> I, whatever, I'm at this turning point, right? I'm at a pivot point here. I've been laid okay. off. I'm looking at opportunities, right? I'm seeing mm -hmm. what's happening in media and Hollywood, the video viewing habits changing, and yeah. it's an inflection point for me. I'm starting to think about, you know, do I go into technology and like, I need to upscale to kind of get into technology. I started a, a SQL course. Um, coding is not necessarily my thing, but like, why not? I'm figuring it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, do I stay in marketing? Do I stay in media? And there's been really interesting opportunities to work um, at like, maybe work for a museum, you know, thinking about performance marketing there. And like, do you, how do you build community within around an institution? Right. And yeah. so like working in arts, um, I thought about working at, you know, some sort of like purpose-driven nonprofit again, kind of going back to where I started. Yeah. How do I do that? You know, how do I use my marketing acumen and like help push those businesses forward? Um, do I go back to working for like Latino communities, which I did, I did in my earlier career. So I feel like because I've had this range, I have these like different levels that I can push in yeah. an optimal world. I would find a place where it could be like brand purpose and like dope shit, like mixed together and like make it a job. I would do that. <laughs> you know, you know, as you're saying, I'm gonna I'm I'm keep it all the way real with you because I, I, I'm a fan of you now. I'm gonna keep it all the way real with you. I can see you in a, in a lot of different roles. One, I can see you client like camera facing. I think more Latinas, more black women of color. I think people need to see your story, hear your story. I think you need to help, you know, or just have other stories of other women that are going through similar things. And how do you, you know, how, and build that community. But I can also see you at a startup B2B company. Your storytelling aspect is ridiculous, right? So I can see you at a place, a startup or a tech company with a very small budget and be able to make like your email campaign that you just did at ESPN. That's mastery, right? So mm -hmm. not having that much data, being able to start something from the ground up. Like I see you as somebody who's driven, who can make that shit happen and drive revenue for somebody. And you could also get back into sales because you could also get that commission on the back end. So you, yeah, there's hey. so much stuff you can do. <laughs> and I'm going to put it out there. Like anybody watch. We got we'll take the money team. blessings. You know what I'm saying? So anybody, listen. Nobody's ever going to knock oh, the rock money. Star. Yeah, my you did. You spent about twenty minutes in this podcast knocking the money. Listen, yeah. I don't. I don't knock. Listen, I'm gonna tell you right now. I don't. I don't knock the money. But be clear, and Jared to tell you right now, and anybody that knows me personally knows what I say. I don't. I don't bullshit. I call it what it is. I don't treat money the same way other people treat money. Very simple. I treat money as a trading tool to get what you want, but I don't value it the way other people value it, and I don't let it change the person that I am. Plain mm -hmm. and simple. You understand? You want to give me a certain amount of money to represent what you feel like my value versus what I'm giving you time-wise because you pay your time for money, right? 
versus my time, that's one thing. But it has to come with a certain set of stipulations. And if you're not with that, then there's absolutely nothing to talk about. And guess what? If I have to downgrade my lifestyle, then I will. I've done it before. I've been mm-hmm. to rock bottom. And a lot of people yeah. haven't been to rock bottom. So let's state that. Not a lot of people, to go back to that. Uh, right, right. A lot of people mm-hmm. have had hard times but they've never been to real rock bottom, right? Homeless, mm-hmm. da, da, da. I don't, I don't mind. Put, I was homeless and I can say that. I can say that. You understand? Washing up in bathrooms and I can say that. So a lot of people have never been to rock, rock bottom where we was eating in soup kitchens and we didn't know where our next meal was coming from. And I have no problem putting that out there because it's the real. So I, like I said, you know, I don't knock the money, but it's about letting the money change you as a person right? Letting the money control you into being something that you should not be, where you end up moving away from the same people that you're interacting with. Mm-hmm. So you get rich, you act a certain sort of way, and you think because you have money now, that separates you from the day-to-day life. So PY, guess what? You grew up in a different culture, right? Mm-hmm. And guess what? You went to Catholic schools, and you went to this, and you went to that, and you still interact every single day with people that didn't live your lifestyle. You see that? Going to the store, doing anything as simple, you can run into somebody that didn't live your lifestyle, that doesn't have your mindset, that doesn't have nothing, and guess what? You are now privy to however they're feeling in the moment. If they feel like acting crazy, you're right there next to them. Do you understand how life ends up bringing you full circle? So that's mm-hmm. what I'm that's what I'm saying. I'm not knocking the money. I'm saying people should stop valuing the money over personal values as being a human being. You understand if I what can I'm saying? Quote, yes. yes. And if I can quote, you might you might have to get your button ready for this. Oh, uh, right. Oh, oh, so, oh, okay, hold on. Yeah, hold on. Get the buttons ready, Jay. Yeah. Remember I said we you know we meet our heroes and Colin right. Kaepernick has said okay. not all money is good money. you see that that's all i'm saying right so i got i got one last question for you right and this i think this is very important to address now that you've been in big industry company for you've worked for a fortune 500 company you've worked for a non-profit company here's the battle that most people go through and i want i want to know your perspective on it do I venture out feeling like I'm talented and I want to work for, you know, maybe a Fortune 500 company or a private, private sector company? Or do I play it safe because the economy is what it is and get a state or a city job just to mm-hmm. feel like I'm comfortable enough to feel like I have job security? What advice would you give somebody going? Because now let's talk that, right? Yeah. Private sector versus big money or state or city sector versus military or, you know, some type of state funded long term yeah. money. What, what advice would you give somebody battling that? I get it. To, I don't have any on my husband's side of the family. There's a lot of military. Right. Uh, career military. Um uh, my mom is the one who worked for the city. Right. So I see the benefit. My father-in-law worked for the state. He worked for corrections. He was in the Navy. So, I mean, he's got two pensions. Right. Pension is nice. Absolutely. Pension right. is really nice. I know 401k is great, but a pension is really nice. Um, so I see the benefits there. I would say a lot of what I, between, you know, nonprofit, for-profit, private, how do I want to say this? The grass isn't greener. It's just different grass, right? Every place is going to have its issues. Every place is going to have its politics. 
every place is going to have its thing. But if it's your thing, do it. I mean, they don't, they're not paying back in the city. I mean, I, I've seen, you know, people make them some really good money there. I mean, if you want to make stupid money, you probably got to go to like Amazon and Google and things like that. But like, how much do you really need? Didn't Cardi B say a few weeks ago, like having everything is like boring? Yeah. That's I mean, I'm not yeah, getting to Cardi B's level yeah, anytime yeah. soon, I mean, but I, I, she said it and I was like, she's crazy. And then I was like, you know what? I think I understand what she's saying. Like you literally can have anything you want at any point in, 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 well, in life and you've been working so hard to get here. And now yeah. she's there and she's like, it's kind of boring. So, you know, enjoy what you're doing. If you want to work, you know, for sanitation, that's a good job. Go work sanitation. You want to work in a union. Um, I know the, the doormen have a union like in the city. That's a great job, too. They, I think they have great benefits. Yeah. You got to do what's right for you. That's it. That's it. I know. I'm trying. To, I want a door. I want a door, man. No, not the, be the door, know, man. You know, we going to well, get well, you know, <laughs> you know, Again, I just only asked that question because you, you, you said that you got laid off. And this yeah. is a real fear, right? You yes. have experience, right? You can say, I have accolades A through Z, right? And still, like Jared told you earlier, he was the top seller. I am the top, not the second. I am the number one person bringing money in this building. Mm -hmm. And I still got laid off. This is a very real fear of people entering this, not only this industry, but the private sector saying, where is the job security? Do I mm -hmm. take the big payout, but every day I'm so fearful that this could be my last day, or should I take a lower payout, but take what I believe to be the stability of working, for, is, uh, you know? That's where I go back to say, like, yeah. you have to stay ready, yeah. right? All yeah. of the, the extra work I did throughout my career wasn't just doing my job. It was taking extra classes, making the time to network, going to conferences, like that is the extra work that you have to do no matter where you are, because at any point somebody can say, thank you very much for your service. Have a blessed day. That's it. Right. But if you were not getting ready the whole time, then you're in for a rude awakening. Right. I, mm. I cannot tell you how surprised I've been pleasantly surprised. Obviously my network has been very helpful to me. I think that's, everyone would assume that, but the people that were like acquaintances, and like friends of friends who have been willing to like refer me, talk to a hiring manager on my behalf just to get like an interview with a recruiter or get a call back has been unbelievable. But all of that would not have been possible if I have not spent the last decade genuinely making connections with people, making time to grow people. And these are people sometimes that I had like mentored previously that are now in their careers. And now I'm like, hey. Uh, I don't have a job right now. Like, do you yeah. know anyone's here? And it wasn't with that intention, right? right? That was not my intention, you know, five years ago, seven years ago to like come back to this person, but. Treating yeah. people right know. and being a good person. See, see say, it again. Say, hold on, say it again, Jared. Say it again, Jared. Say it full, again. Full circle, full circle. Full cir yeah. Treating a person like a human being, right? Yeah. And that's it because you don't burn the bridge. Even if we disagree, you respect my work ethic and you know what I bring to the table. And that's it. That's it. I, I, I would say that's my entire strategy, sis. Right. Like, I'm going to be real with you. Like, right. my whole thing was, I remember back in the day, and you remember, P.Y., like, when you used to ask you for sales jobs, what's your black book? Remember yeah. those days? Mm -hmm. Like, who, 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 who can you call right now to get a deal? Right. Who can you do this for? And I'm like, all right, I always to have that. I never had a black book. If I called right. you, I was lit with you. So how can I scale me? And that's what it really is at this point. You have to create the value for yourself. You have to be genuinely interested. I don't care if one person watches this shit. I'm genuinely interested in you, PY. Now we're cool. 
Now, we, I'm, you know what I'm saying? Now we gonna go, you, you know what I'm saying? And that's what really matters. <laughs> and hoarding those relationships. So people listening, y'all might think this, yo, we doing this for, I'm doing it strictly for relationships and to give back. Like, I want the relationships. The relationships can be anything. Like, I'm talking, I got billionaires in my phone now. I'm still in the Bronx. Wait, wait, wait. That actually answer. The actually wait, wait, wait. Answer. Let's let's put that out there. Not just in his phone. Like if he texts wait, wait, them, wait, wait, wait. right, yeah. we'll, right. We'll answer and be like, "Hey, Jared, what's up?" Right from the Bronx. Like no, from, this from is the Bronx. No in Indian style. It, it, it has to be said. This is what I'm talking about because it shows you that it is possible to to make this transition. Right. It is possible for a person in the Bronx or or wherever you're from to be at the level that you are and still make these personal connections and people value who you are. But it's you possible. Have to, you have to be who you are for them yeah. to value who right. you are. Thank so you. don't try to be somebody that they right. want you to be. Right. Be who you are. Like it's been a lot of times where I was thinking when I first started talking to people, damn, but they still like me. I'm kind of hood. I'm right. that. I know my marketing stuff. We could talk business all day, but would they like this? I've walked into, I had something last week. I walked into a, a, a big company, Botify. Right. And my friend is working there. He's bringing me into the company. I'm sitting there like this with my board and a title shirt on, got my hat on. And I made some waves in there. I'm talking to now the CRO is one of my good friends now. Right. He was like, man, you know what? Because you came in, you was just you, man. And you just, I mean, I give a fuck anybody like you. Guess because I'm a boss. I'm like, we got our own brother. I don't really need you. I'm here to show you love. See? I gave off. I'm here to just have a drink with you guys. Let's go get a blue moon. Like, who are you? What do you do? And we like, I literally had a pod at the bar. Sitting there like, yo, who are you? Blah, blah, blah. And before the end, we sitting there almost in tears like, damn, yo, this is real. <laughs> Don't bring up the MJ picture what, what, again. What's the, what's, the, uh, what's the saying that I know we've all heard of? At this point, it's not even what you know. It's who you know. Hmm. Who do you know? Because... And if you don't know nobody. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I didn't do it. No, I did not do it. I, <laughs> if you don't know I, nobody. I, I didn't do it. <laughs> I promise you, PY, it wasn't me. You shouldn't have loaded it. <laughs> You're both but responsible. The, you know, PY, you know, the value and what you've built, your work ethic is phenomenal. And I, I just want to congratulate you on that. Thank you. Um, and I want to I wanna promote that, right? We are not here telling you guys that this shit is easy. What we're trying mm -hmm. to show you is at every single level, at any company that you work for, you must put the work in. You got to put the work in, right? And the more you work and the better you work and the better that you show that you're willing to be a team player, even if it, even if the company doesn't real, you know, has to downsize you, the connections that you build around you, the people that realize what kind of person you are, they will help. That's your network now because your network equals your net worth. Mm -hmm. Your network equals your net worth. And that's what's going to help you survive. You know, I'm just saying, that's what's going to help you survive in this world, right? Jared makes a lot of his connections, not based off of a dollar amount, but by who likes him as a person. That's it. Who likes him as a person and say, Jared, I like you, my guy. How can I help you? And it's a completely different conversation than a cold call. It's a completely different conversation than an email or, mm -hmm. you know, an instant message when you friend somebody and you get the fuck. I just friended you and I got a three page fucking message from you already. There's no way you type that that fast. You know that should happen to me twice. Wait, you know what I'm saying? That should happen to me twice on LinkedIn. I friended you and got a three page message. And I'm like, there's no way you type that shit that Yo, fast. Let me unsend my message. Real right. Quick. Yeah. I'm trying to but, tell you. Um, I, you know, I definitely appreciate you coming on the show, PY. Um, right. 
you know, you like like Jared says, you have a great story, and I, I I truly believe that you need to get your story out there because there are so many people that are not nowhere near your level that need to hear what you went through, not only the good but the bad, right? Because yeah. you show that you have been able to have adversity and get knocked down and get back up and still keep moving. And there's people that need that energy because they're down right now. Mm -hmm. They are down right now. And they need to see somebody that looks like them, that sounds yeah. like them, so that they can do what? They can relate to you yeah. and, and help give them the motivation to move forward. So I applaud you for that. And I definitely appreciate yeah. you, you for coming really on the show for that. People. Absolutely. Just so you Thanks. know, I'm going to be hitting you up because... Um, yeah. I, I need some information on a couple of things that you talked about. We'll talk about that yeah. on the back end because I love to learn and it, I have no problem saying I don't know something. My pride doesn't, my pride don't stop me. So you've said a That's couple it. things that I'm actually curious about. So if, if you would allow me to, I would definitely Absolutely. contact you on, on learning a couple of things from you. And I appreciate that because you taught me a couple of things that I'm telling you right now, I just did not know. That's real. If I may. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Gosh. The week, one thing I wanted to share with yeah. uh, with your fans, talking about when you're down and like the things you need to hear and energy. Yeah, I had I had been asked months earlier this year to be a speaker at an event in Kentucky for the American Advertising Club in Lexington, and the connection was through a course I took before that. But and I kind of was thinking about it, but I was in the middle of like getting ready for summer. And then that Tuesday in May, I got the notice that I was delayed off and I was not thinking about the speaking engagement, which was in like end of June. And I was, you know, you're going through this like emotional whirlwind. You're like, okay, I get to finish all my projects. Like what's going on here. And that Thursday of that week, they started promoting on Instagram that I was going to be speaking at this event. And the event, the name of the event was ad legends. Wow. And I was also that week collecting suits for a nonprofit called 100 Suits, which is based in Queens, um, looking at giving formerly incarcerated people suits for interviews, like for second chance. Mm. Wow. So oh. There was like a beautiful irony that week. One, that I was collecting suits for people looking for jobs, and I was now one of those people. Two, that I was in one way seen as disposable for one organization while being lauded as an ad legend from another organization in the same week. Wow. And so I just wanted to share that because I had a moment of like plenty of tears, but also like laughter because mm. I was like, wow, it reminds you to think a lot about perspective and like who is giving you the feedback. Right. So like yeah. my, yeah. my time at Disney News Pian, I can't speak more highly about it enough. It taught me so much. It gave me so much for me and my family. Um, but that time was ending. Right. And that that hurt a little bit. And at the same time, this other group was like super hyped to have me. And that's where I actually met Dr. Marcus Collins. We were both speakers at the same event. And I was gotcha. like, wow, I'm at an event with Dr. Marcus Collins. Like, man, you yeah. want me? Um, so I just wanted to share that if anyone's going through a tough that's time right beautiful. now, yeah. the perspective is coming from and and just be reminded that, you know, in some places, maybe your time is up, but in other spaces, they're thrilled to have you. Yep, everything happens for and you're still a legend regardless of your title. Yeah. That's why you own more than a title because it doesn't matter what that is. That doesn't matter. I had to email poor Adam and I was like, I'm still down to come, but I just want to be really yeah. transparent. I just yeah. lost my job at ESPN because they're like Patricia for me ESPN, and I was like, just so you know, I want to be really transparent. If you want yeah. to move with someone else, like no hard, no, no hard feelings. And they were like, ma'am, 
We are not confused about who we chose to speak at our event. You are wow. an admission. Your title is cemented as such. We'll and we will expect you here in Lexington, Kentucky in a few weeks. Um, I absolutely love it. But wait, that. don't run past that. I know we're going on, but see, but see, we talk about confidence. Look at what, that's confidence. You you contacted somebody where you didn't have to. You said, listen, I'm already, you're already promoting me. Whether I got the job or not, I'm going to show up. You said to them with confidence, listen, this is my position now. You chose me based off of this position. I just want to make sure that you still want me to come. That takes a certain level of confidence. And character. That I, and character. Well, I think that, it's on, right, yeah. it's honesty, right? I can't yeah. show up and be like, hey, yeah. I'm still there, you know? Yeah, right, but I'm just saying, a lot of people would not have said nothing. <laughs> no. A lot of people wouldn't have said nothing. Yeah. And no. what's crazy about that, yeah. if you wouldn't have gone to that, right. I wouldn't have known you from See? Dr. Marcus Collins. See? I wouldn't have hit See? you on Instagram, and we See? would not have this episode today. So it's following through. That's so the gym. That full circle moment. There's the gym. She's more than a title. She, she could be anywhere. She'd be at a startup anywhere. She's still P.Y. <laughs> She's still dope as fuck. And then you heard yeah. it first here. So if, you, if you're looking for a rock star content strategist and a brand man, you make sure you holler at P.Y. P.Y., where can they find you? <laughs> where can they find you? On Let LinkedIn. them know. Yeah. On LinkedIn. On LinkedIn. Patricia Yanez. If you're connected with me, guys, you could just go to my friends, and you'll see P.Y. there. Yes. And we can all be friends. That's I don't know. If I'm like, I sent you a message. You might not. You might be mad that I sent three paragraphs. No, no, no. No, at least uh, uh, Jared has sent messages, right? That has, you know, got us in great relationships, but you can tell the message is real. He'll say, mm -hmm. hey, what's going on? You know, that I, and you can tell you wrote the message. If I hit accept and then I got a three page paragraph before the, the invitation even went through, I'm, there's no way you wrote that. That's clearly a bot. And then it's like, hey, I'm the marketing strategist. I see we're in the same field. And I, yeah, I just ignore it. No, no, no. It's not even grab a corpus. Like, Can I shoot you over a demo package? And I was like, get the like fuck out. Like 15 minutes. Yeah, like, yeah. What I, I don't even want to read this. The DMs. If we go yeah. deeper, then we're going to end up. But on the yeah. DMs, just be yeah. creative. Be yourself, y'all. Like, I'm yeah. going there. I'm sliding in people's DMs. Like, when I yeah. got um the ceo of revolt to come on the show i yeah. literally was seeing him on the on the feed i went in my bedroom recorded a 30 second video like i'm jab from the bronx i got two kids i'm yeah. in the seo agency and i got a podcast i you have no reason talking to me but i want to get to where you are and it'd be really dope to have you on see so that? i can learn from you and there was that 30 seconds uh, eight hours later little bro i would love to see that i seen i seen a lady her name was thomas i'm selling to her hey I'm cousin like, what up what up hey cousin, cousin? <laughs> hey cousin right doing what? right you saw guess what? Feet. right but, but you see you see the difference that that again people it's him being a human being right treating her as a human being treating him as a human being not sending an automated bot message like i don't respect your time or respect your title you know what i mean that's it. You're we appreciate know, you, Patricia. There's a lot of gems, PY. We appreciate a lot, you. We a lot. For you. you got Absolutely. my number. You know, we get yes. everybody. But you're in the city. You're in the city, so we're doing this. Like, wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait. She's, you're in New York right now? No, I'm in Queen. I'm sorry. I'm in Jersey now. I moved to Jersey. That's New York. <laughs> you're still not, in the city. Yeah. Unless you're, unless no, you're not far. You're not, you're not south. No, 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 you're not, you're no, not, not on the in shore and all that, right? Like, we oh, hawking, okay. We hawking. We're in Jersey County. City? Oh, that's not far. You're New York. <laughs> all right. All right. So we set up a date. We're letting you know right now. Absolutely. Uh, no, listen. Hour. Absolutely happy do. hour. Whatever yes. you want to do. But oh, don't have the non-sponsored vodka, only if they resign. We have the um one of the Soho House events we could invite her to. That would be dope. The Soho oh, yeah. House event we the have coming up the 22nd. 
So I'm let's send it the info to that and see if we can have yeah, a couple Yeah, let's rock out at the Soul House and get a couple drinks yeah. and chill. Network, I introduce my peoples and let's make something yeah. happen. Let's do yeah. it. I like it. Let's, let's do Ladies it. Ladies and gentlemen, Patricia Yane. Let's go. We're out of here. We love y'all. We'll see you guys next week. P-Watt, we love you. We'll see you, baby. And Heard it all. Oh, what you know about me?